Hear me, Chad. Chad, can you hear me? No, no, no. Can you do it uh, loud so I can I can hear you? Hello? <laughs> so speaking of the great one, um, let me ask you this because we'll see if you have a correct answer or not. What is the best James Bond movie ever made? Oh, dude, that's too hard because no, there's that, so that, many good there's, ones. I, there's, I know there's a lot of good ones, but there's there's one that is the best. Probably Goldfinger. My Thank dad loved. Well, my that's my dad's favorite. So. Well, your dad is correct. That is that is correct. <clears throat> so me well, and TJ Martinell got into a not an argument but a debate, and um, he he finds it cute that I think Goldfinger is the uh, best James Bond one. He says it's for your eyes only. Yeah. Well, and so then we went back and forth. This and I say, you want to make it interesting? I say, do, we, we trust the great one as a unbiased and third party arbiter. Yeah. And so we put 25 bucks and uh, a poster of Cowboy Bebop of our choosing uh, <laughs> on the he that. And we had a structure to a certain way because like, what if the great one doesn't like either of those? What if he has a, a third James Bond uh, movie, that he, which would also be incorrect because it wouldn't be Goldfinger. <laughs> and so we have it that he's got to pick his favorite. If it's not either one that we chose, then he would come up, he'd rank which one of ours was higher ranked than the other. And that would determine the, uh, the, uh, the bet. So. so the first one I ever saw actually had Roger Moore in it. And that's the reason I like it is, is live and let die. It's not considered a good one, but that was always my favorite. Is that the one where it's the black heroin gang? Yeah. Uh, okay. And it's in Louisiana and they got the, the casket and they they bump off all the cia agents that way okay yeah, yeah. that was kind of that was all it's right funny. Yeah. yeah no it was so you know when i was a kid i like moonraker yeah moonraker Cause, yeah because you're a dumb kid but as an adult it's like one of the worst ones yeah and uh because like oh they're in outer space shooting each other like totally rip it off star wars like oh we gotta do stuff in space now because of star wars and uh but yeah jaws, it's, 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 Is that jaws the, was in that one jaws yeah. was in that one right oh, i love jaws yep. <laughs> He was in several of them. Uh, I think it was he in three. Um, he's definitely been in a few. Yeah, he keeps showing up. And yeah. Moonraker, I think he ends up siding in with Bond because they he find, does. Yeah, because he finds out that he's not genetically pure or whatever, and then he then he turns on uh, whoever the bad guy was and stuff like that. But but that's about it. Anyway, that's about the excitement in my world. How's things? Well, let me see. Let me. Uh, the only exciting thing that happened to me yesterday, which I might have a rant in me about, um, some old lady basically was cursing me out and flicking me off yesterday just because I was running outside and I didn't have a mask on. And what, like, we're allowed to do that here as long as we give enough space to quote social distance, a term I'm starting to despise. Um, there are some real terrible people out there that are just. Ugh. There are a lot of petty. That's what they are. They are small, petty people who this is their one time to shine where they Mm -hmm. can lord over people morally this one time. Uh, It reminds me of, I went to, it reminds me of two things. I'll, I'll give you the example. You could see the mentality of the human mind. I had a buddy get married. He married a fat, large teacher. <laughs> teacher. Who, yeah, and it was just, I wish he consulted me before he did that. And now he's, he's fucked. He's totally enslaved. They have kids. She's getting her master's degree. He works to support the whole family. And 
Uh, she just, she chose him. She, he was definitely henpicked, <clears throat> but at the wedding, um, her bridesmaids or whoever, you know, cause she's busy getting married. I understand she's the bride. She's, this is her day. She's not supposed to manage it, but her, uh, bridesmaids, they were doing a green wedding where it'd be a zero output or carbon footprint. And oh. you should have seen these girls get so excited to tell you, here's compost. Here's recycling, and we're doing a zero emissions wedding, and that, and this, and like I, I can't remember all the other stuff, but this was their time to shine. Like, oh wow, all this worthless shit that you've based your entire life value on. There's this one opportunity now, and it's fleeting. It's only going to last four hours. Where now you have a captive audience, and now you can lecture and lord and and virtue signal in front of about how wow you're doing a zero carbon footprint wedding, and uh, there was that. <clears throat> the other one was, um, oh shoot, it escapes me now. Um, but related to the the virus, this is a, a third example. Uh, all these people with their emergency management degrees and their public health administration—not virologists, not doctors, not biochemists—nobody that's actually going to solve a damn problem. Not nurses, not doctors, not uh, 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 whatever. Uh, these people, the, the management, the FEMA types, the people in charge of all these nonprofit and government agencies and uh, uh, all the people at the CDC, this is their time to shine. And they don't care how many people they put out of work, how many people they enslave, how many lives they ruin. They have got to, this is their one time to strut their stuff. And so for a lot of, and that's just, these are people who are professionals, but there are a lot of people out there who are just the most worthless human beings that have no value. And then when they see someone doing something they're not, they can't wait to narc on you. They can't. And the real evil is that they don't care about society as much as they care about their evil. So uh, themselves, which is why they're evil. So this is where you get people narking on uh, their family during the Stasi in East Germany, narking on each other under Nazi Germany, narking on each other in communist uh, Russia, and now narking on people like you who are running you know, not doing anything. You should see the outrage. So I, I, I'm on a Facebook group, this next door group, just for my area to kind of see what people are doing. Right. You would not believe the self-righteousness and outrage at some of these busybodies that are like, oh my God, saw somebody, you know, walking without mask. And I, I reported them to 311 immediately. Right. It's like, mind right. your own fucking business. It, no, but they're not capable of that, Chad. They don't, understand they really are the only ones that exist in their own mind and to get value they have to it's it's i also wrote up i wrote about this called the destruction principle where because the general progress in human history has been one of progress we've built this we've built that we've unlocked this we solved that now we're allowed to build on top of that other additional things and if we're going to find a new technology while well, we really got to work hard at it, like a vaccine, that's going to take a lot to fix. But people have a choice. They could say, all right, do I want to produce something good and valuable in society? Or do I want to fight evil and destroy evil? Which is hmm. also progress, okay? But there's a slight difference, and there's, there's a reason most people go and fight evil or choose to, is because producing something new is very, very hard. You not only have to master all the science or technology behind whatever product you want to invent, you got to come up with a product. Then you got to 
invent the product, which requires a lot of research and, and, and thought and all that. Or you can find something evil and fight that and destroy that. But if you already have cops and a good judicial system and a relatively moral society and there's not that much product, there's no room for you to become a vigilante. But it's you if you start taking things that aren't illegal or necessarily evil and criminalizing them, then you can immediately take down the system. I'm going to destroy pollution. I'm going to fight for children's rights. I'm going to fight the patriarchy, all that other stuff. So they, it is easier to destroy pillars and institutions within society that you conveniently claim is are evil or bad or somehow oppressive because you're too lazy to actually go be a chemist to come up with a new formula for something or to go be a doctor and save a life. Yep, always easier just to tear something down. Right. What it is. Right. And so those are those people. Any any kind of like demographics on them, like middle-aged people with bored out of their mind or what? Uh, it's it's almost always women, almost always okay. heavy women. And they're, <laughs> and, and they're always older than you and I. And I, I was thinking about this yesterday. My thought was it's just because they're jealous. They can't imagine running and keeping themselves yeah. in good shape. And remember my rule with this? It's like, if I'm not going to, if I don't want to change places with them, I'm not going to like, feel too bad about what they're saying. So I'm right. trying to exercise stoicism in this, but that lady pissed me off yesterday. But but that is the type of person in mass and with that mentality that puts guys like you and me in cattle cars. If we didn't, you know, uh, have a compost thing for our wedding or we didn't, uh, we ran without our mask. Those are the type of people, the, the truly useful idiots of society that allow a tyrannical dictatorial government to form. So I'm not saying like ignore them, but just be aware of who they are, because if if turn if society turns into a little bit more uh, of an emergency or the shit hits the fan, whatever power it could be government, it could be a warlord, it could be a local gang, they will throw in cahoots with that just so they can curry favor, uh, because they are that even if they're they're selling that look they did it in Nazi Germany they sold their own parents. Communists, mm. they they narked on their own brothers and sisters. Uh, humans are disgusting. They're fucking disgusting things. They're absolutely wretched. And the, the Karen's narking on you. You got any other complaints? You got any complaints handy right now, like to provide an example? Uh, well, I mean, it's pretty much... Did you... I don't know if you saw this. There was this little get-together in Chicago over the weekend that ended up having like over 100 people. <laughs> and... um so, you know, of course, it ended up on Instagram or TikTok or whatever. Sure. The hell. Uh, okay. All right. Well, <laughs> so what I'm seeing online, I mean, dude, I just don't get the superiority complex that people have for being like, you know, idiotic lemmings that just do as they're told. I don't understand. Yeah. I, I don't, under, I understand why, but having 100 people, were these younger people getting together? Oh, 100? oh yeah. It was all, you know, people in their 20s. A hundred young 20-somethings cannot keep a secret. They can't keep it <laughs> off social media. I don't know who thought that was a good idea, but oh, well. But, um, you know what? Speak of it, let's do some. This this could be a quick one because I, uh, I don't know about you, but I, I am going to, um, I got some asshole consulting to do, but I'm getting out of here. Uh, I'm either going to go for a big, massive motorcycle ride or I'm going to go out to South Dakota or I'm going to fly to Vegas. I don't know what. But I am done with this shit. Hmm. Um, it is rainy. It is crappy. And it is not good for my health. 
mental or physical to stay here anymore. And every God almighty Chad, the, Oh, but the coronavirus and oh, what about it? And, and I got to call people like, Hey, can I come over? Can I crash at your place? Are you worried about it? And I'm like, dude, I'm just going to be driving across the plain States. You know, like I just, and people like, Oh, but you, Oh, can you do that? It's like, come on, let's go. Let's leave. <laughs> let's go do something. Like, I'm surprised more people aren't taking road trips and just getting the F out of you. You were kicking around flying out to Vegas, right? Yeah. I mean, like I was telling you, for whatever reason, I thought I was going to get a break right now. But of course, the filing deadline got extended to July. So it's just like a slow drip instead of, you know, done for a month. Right. Can it's you pissing me off? Can't you just say, I'm gone for a week? I'll file your taxes in another week and, and toodles? Yeah, like I got a bunch of meetings this week, but I'm not scheduling anything next week and probably the week after that, because frankly, I'm getting really sick of this shit. What I do is not the type of thing that you can do year round and maintain your sanity. You need that built in break. Otherwise, you go insane. So I'm plotting my own escape. And you what you are kicking around going down to Miami? Check it out. Just, Just somewhere. I mean... I even thought about visiting my parents, but they're both in the you know high risk category, and I don't want to do any contagious <laughs> activities. Yeah, because if I was to go on a motorcycle ride and went through uh, uh, New Mexico, I'd have to like think about that. That'd be the first time I wouldn't be able to visit them if they were high risk group, you know, in case I'm carrying it and I don't know it. Yeah, I mean, I, they probably wouldn't care and be cool about it, but I just. <sighs> Whole world's gone insane. Well, I think you should get out. I, I absolutely should. I think everyone should take a week off. Not like you guys are employed or anything, you know. I mean, if there's a time to do it. Although I did look at flights. Flights are pricey. You know why? Because they they killed all the supply. There's not many flights. There's no supply. Yes. Yeah. Do, do you know what is closed down? This is the worst thing. This I don't know why I didn't think of this. We should have led with this. This should be headline news in my world. Guess what is closed down and I can't use no more. Very integral to my life. Spirit. Spirit Airlines <laughs> is closed down. I don't think they're bankrupt, but there ain't no flights. I'm like, what am I? Now I got to fly with you elitists on American or Delta, whatever you rich people fly. Uh, yeah. And it's pricey. It's like 180 bucks for a round trip flight to Vegas. I could get it for 50. It was you, just. You was really eerie around here. I was talking about this with someone yesterday. There's always just flights all over the sky here, like O'Hare, yeah. major world hub and everything. It's just like eerie, man. It's silent. There's not a lot of them. It's like right after 9 11. Yeah, I saw. I kind of keep an eye over the sky where uh, Minneapolis St. Paul International is, and you still see a plane or two, but it's like a sixth of the volume because, especially at night, you can see them lining up. They got uh, what a glide pass or whatever they yeah. their approach, and you can see them. They got them lined up, you know, whatever thirty miles apart from one another, <clears throat> and there they are. But yeah, at night, you it's like, is that a star or is that a plane? Yeah, you because know, you don't see the line anymore. And in the daytime, you only see one takeoff or one landing. But um, yeah, traffic is definitely down. But yeah, they've they've totally cut off supply. The prices are high-ish now to go fly. They're high. I looked into traveling to go see my sister out west, and mm-hmm. man, it's it's really expensive now. You know what is cheap though? Uh, gas, car rentals. Car yeah, rentals car- are cheap. So. I, that was another thing I was saying. Oh, maybe I'll just rent a car and go to South Dakota and drive around a little bit or something like that. But 
I'm trying to figure out the logistics. Maybe the GF will rent a car and then I'll take my bike and then she gets to go back to work and then I'll go fuck around out West for a little bit or something. But um, mm. yeah, gas is cheap. That's an, and car rentals are cheap. Uh, but I was just so let down. The spirit airlines was, was not in business. Right. I mean, it hasn't, don't, it's not out of business. There's been no bankruptcy. I think they just shut down operations until this all ends. Of course, they all want bailouts for this. So Yes, they do. I know. Did you ever see any studies and research on how many trillions uh, corporate buybacks there were over the past, what, 10, 12 years? I haven't looked just because of how depressing. I think that would make me feel. <laughs> I, I'm not against it because I remember back in the day, you know, because managerial books always constantly change because business and management is not a science. It's, it's whoever's popular at that moment in time saying whatever they want to say. And when I was in college and business school, I'd imagine it was the same with you. Like, oh, debt was bad. Debt was bad. And you should look at the debt to equity ratio and you should have maybe some operating debt. But you, boy, you get rid of that capital debt as quickly. Was that the general consensus on balance sheet management back when you were in MBA school? Uh, yeah, most of the time you didn't want to have that debt too high. Liquidity was key. Yeah. Um, I, I, I don't know what to make. I am kind of a dork, and sometimes I look at the Treasury's balance sheet and everything, but um, mm. because it's so depressing and we're so hopeless now with it, I've kind of just, I don't even want to know. <laughs> yeah, and then, but something happened, and, and as far as I could tell, it was right after the financial crisis. Now, probably because stocks got so cheap that corporations said, how cheap is that? Let's buy back our shares. Yeah. And then this entire management, this entire philosophy of finance completely changed. So everything you learned about finance with these professors, business manager, Jack Wells, say, oh, that's that's done now. Oh, it's Tuesday. Everything we said before, fuck that. Now it's completely different. <laughs> and so, and I remember seven, eight years ago, they were already up to almost $2 trillion in buybacks. I'm like, well, how much more did they buy back? And how how leveraged and, and debt laden are their balance sheets now that pretty much every corporation in the United States needs a bailout because they have all these these debt obligations? All I know is, so when I started at uh, my MBA program, it was right after the uh, financial crisis hit. So I started in two thousand nine and went started, to. Uh, if there was a time to go to school, that would have been it. I, that's kind of why I did it. I'm yeah. like, might as well knock this out. Although don't get an MBA, as you always tell people. Um, but it was really interesting. I remember some of the finance courses we were taking that fall. Like they were teaching all this theory and, and economics as well. But it just did not match what was going on in the real world. It was like archaic. They weren't counting on things like, you know, quantitative easing and throwing all this money. Oh, into sure. The economy. Yeah, no, that was that whole new bunch of shit happened. Federal Reserve balance sheet all of a sudden, yeah. hey, that's not precious metals or other foreign currencies on your balance sheets. That's Those are shit-ass mortgages from people who walked away from the property. <laughs> I, I just remember one professor of ours that first semester. He goes, look, take everything I'm going to teach you with a grain of salt because this isn't really relevant anymore, but uh, they're making me teach this uh, course material. <laughs> so... Mm. Uh, that's all right. Nobody go into finance or economics or MBAs. That's uh, um, let's do a get these super chats so we don't fall too far behind. You never know how these things work. Uh, Judd Grover, two bucks. <clears throat> As a child, Karen was the teacher's pet, guaranteed. Oh yeah, the one that would tattletale on you. Yep. Oh yeah, yeah. There was that was that was Karen. Kevin McComer, our resident socialist. 
Kevin McCober for a dollar nine. No more corporate socialism. Well, why have socialism at all? I agree with Kevin. There should be no corporate socialism, and there should be no people socialism. Mm -hmm. Right. We should not bail out losers, Kevin. You're right. Let's cut it. Let's free market, baby. The free market. Ten percent taxes. I'm gonna be so pissed. This may be unpopular with whoever's listening to this, but I am gonna be pretty freaking pissed if they forgive all student loan debt when I busted my ass to pay that off. Um, I've I've given up. I don't care anymore. Uh, Trump just printing <laughs> off three trillion or whatever it is now to give people money when they should have saved money. I I just don't care. Yeah. We keep we keep pushing off the hitting bottom. You know, like an addict's got to hit bottom, or someone's got a criminal's got to hit bottom. We keep denying that. And we keep pushing off. We need people starving. You need people starving where they're like, how does food work again? Where does electricity come from? Like They have to know some basic stuff about how an economy works and how a society works and infrastructure and logistics. So it's not just, uh, give me the EBTs or the welfare so I could go down to the 7-Eleven. That's where the food is. You're like, I gotta, I'm going to get some milk. Yeah, but milk comes from cows. What cows? No, it comes from the grocery store. You know, that's mm-hmm. the level of stupidity. And we could try and educate people, or we could just have a massive crippling Great Depression where <laughs> people are starving, literally tightening their belts. They're like, oh, shit, this is how this works? Like, oh, we better, you know, uh, I see, I see. I'm responsible for me. Oh, okay, I got it. But that's not going to happen. Uh, I'm Robbie Tide Pod for 20 bucks. Five years ago, I was making... $13 an hour in a Mick job. That's not bad for a Mick job. $13 an hour. It's almost minimum wage in some states. Yeah. Uh, with my life going nowhere fast, you helped me unfuck my life and major computer science. No matter how hard it got, I'm making 50K now as an entry remote programmer. Mm-hmm. Thank you, sir. That's awesome. Yeah. He's Work remote. Yeah, he's working from home. Doesn't have to answer to Karen. Hmm. What do you think all those HR gals are doing without without people to lord off of and, and suck the lifeblood out of? What are all the CSR and HR ladies doing right now? I can tell you because I know you a do know of them. Oh. Yeah. So obviously they're working from home. Like you would think if we're all just working from home, you know, we're not going to the office, kind of hunkering down, that the HR people would be the among the first to go because they're useless. Like we don't right. need them. Right. But no, they're sitting there. They're, they've got their busy work. They've got um, some people are quitting. Some people are even getting fired over this thing. So they oversee all that shit. But dude, man, it's always the same. It's always women in their 30s, you know, some good looking, some not. And they just they don't do anything useful. No, I'm surprised. See, now there has been a trend to get rid of them and outsource it to hiring firms or personnel firms <clears throat> and i was kind of hoping that trend would continue but man i i have no idea and i understand people get laid off and and, and furloughed or fired and then you have to have benefits and compensation which is a legitimate um sub category of hr but the hr lady who's interviewing people the hr generalist i'm hoping they're gone they gotta be gone I remember I had this one interview. This is back when I, before I started my business, I went through this rigorous, you know, Q and a, it was, it was well over an hour with two of like the senior directors, you know, people who I'm actually going to be working for. Right. 
So when it ends, I was kind of like, whew, that was a doozy. And guess who comes waltzing into the room to like bother me for another 30 minutes? A, a girl who's younger than you that knows not a fucking thing about accounting, I'm going to bet. Asking me stupid questions. Like, I don't have a good poker face. And I think she could tell I was just completely annoyed that I had my wa- I had to waste my time talking yeah. to her. Because unlike the guys that were interviewing me and they asked some technical questions about experience, these were all just stupid cookie cutter questions like, well, where do you see yourself in five years? Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I have nothing but contempt uh, for HR people. And that's before I even started talking to you. Yeah. <laughs> so. yeah. No, I think nobody likes HR because it, it's and I don't know how many people still have to go through those uh, witchcraft questions, look into the crystal ball. But I remember towards the, le- the later or the last part of my career where I was working for other people. Uh, they had an interview and uh, the person was setting it up and um, I can't remember if it was the hiring manager or who, but someone was setting it up and like, we'd like you to come in. You could be meeting with so-and-so and you're going to be meeting with so-and-so and like you, there's, then there was the third and they're going to be meeting with uh, this gal. And I said, well, who's that? Oh, that's our HR person. I'm like, I don't interview with HR. I'm like, if you want to hire me, you guys can talk to me and hire me, but I'm not going to talk to someone who doesn't know anything about my profession or my skill set and i was i was that i wasn't rude but i was that like kurt like no i don't interview with hr like and and i think stupid dream if communal you know people people always complain about we don't make enough right i don't make enough money well what if you just someone gives you some lowball figure like mcdonald says we're only going to pay you eight dollars an hour well why you say no that's not not even enough for you to go in like like i understand you may be destitute times might be tough but what if you just had some basic self-respect says no i can't live on that the idea of a living wage like why would you take a wage that's below living wage if you can't live off of it why are you accepting it you should be like i can't live off that we are at an impasse you're gonna have to increase your wage Uh, i got a quick story for you about my mba program again so Obviously, this was right after the financial crisis. Jobs hadn't really come back. And um, we're all just kind of scrambling there to, to to get something good after school. You know, I, it's shit that I never would have done, like management consulting. But I just remember our career services office was so paranoid about us accepting full-time offers and then jumping immediately to a better one that they tried to make it so, you know, you would lose all privileges, you know, all support from the career office if you did something like that. Because Wait, it would, if you if you took a job and then a month later you got a better job offer and then you split for that one. Yeah, and this is while we're in school. It doesn't matter, you know, after graduation. But it always, I never understood why they were so paranoid about like protecting their silly little reputation instead of supporting us that we're trying to do our best. They, they want, they're a business like anything else. They want money. And that includes yeah. future students. And if they lose their reputation amongst employers, because employers don't pay enough shit that you guys are already, you know, looking to go elsewhere. That's the problem of the employers in the school. I, <clears throat> so you were like, what the interning you hadn't graduated yet. You were interning. So this is second year. And you know, in the okay. fall, of course, if you haven't secured a job from your, internship from the summer before there's a lot of interviewing going on you know the big four consulting firms you know some of the big hitters and so my mba program had relationships with these companies you know for several years they would send interviewers and you know we'd be earmarked to go in 
But remember, like the starting salaries for these NBA grads were so shitty back then because of how bad the economy was that, you know, a lot of people in my class, I didn't like all of them, but I understood why they did this. They would get some low ball offer and they would accept it just to have something. Sure. And then they would continue interviewing and they would get something even better and basically say, fuck you. Yeah. But our career services were like, that is a sin. And you'll never get a sin. A sin. (laughs) What were they charging for tuition per credit? Right. Exactly. It's not like they were really there to help us. They were there just to help themselves. So a sin. Did they call it a sin or they say that was just unprofessional and unbecoming of a you of whatever uh, graduate? All of it. Like they would try to shame you. I remember my one friend got called in and they're like, you know, how could you have done that? That's going to hurt our reputation. Called them in? Yeah. And the guy was just- Holy shit. This guy is still my friend today. He's just like, I don't give a shit about your reputation. I just need a job. And- um, Yeah. Yeah. I, oh man. It's why I have some real, I'll never really say anything good about where I got my MBA from. Just awful. I'll never- I have bad news, though. What's that? Not on par with I can't find a flight at Spirit Airlines. But uh, if you search, should I go to the Carlson School of Management on YouTube? <laughs> My video is no longer number one. They put a ton of more video ups and must have done some SEO optimization where now I'm no longer the one. So I might have to do a couple more videos. Oh, let me know if you need somebody else in there to talk about how much getting an MBA sucks. <laughs> well, it has. this would have to be specifically between Carlson. me and the... Carlson. Carlson. I tell you, like I've seen uh, a bunch more of these billboard advertisements for not just the Carlson School of Management, but for the U of M in general going up locally. Oh God. Like you're throwing up billboard advertisements and just, I think I told you about this one. The region's most highly ranked programs by several degrees. Did you get it? You get it? Yeah. Huh? Huh? Yeah. Yeah. It's like, and I, I always want to pull over and take a picture and tag the Carlson School of Management. I was also think maybe I'll get the Carlson School of Management.com instead of .umn.edu or get a .org. And I just like, here's your wonderful school. <laughs> they, they could buy that asset off of me for like $2 million after tax. But, oh, gosh, it's just and I think the word is getting out there that these business degrees are completely worthless. Do they uh, send you mail like mine does, always looking for some donation to the school? No, no. I'm always so offended when I when they do that. Yeah, uh, I, I think they know not to talk to me. I think I'm on a special <laughs> list over there. Um, but uh, yeah, I know a couple people who get those letters in the mail. It's like, go fuck yourself. Just go right. f- Go fuck yourselves, you Marxist pieces of shit. That's all money. That's all they do. You remember now? Maybe your dad and your ma, uh, our parents' generation, might have had a little bit more than this. But and you kind of saw it in the in the eighties films or something where it was like you had this fond memory of the college you went to, like oh yeah, Michigan State all the way, and you had you had an element of pride. That is at least gone. I have not seen that in our or any younger generations. It's like the class ring. Did you ever have class rings from high school or the letter jacket? Did you have those? Or you went to you went to Kenya for high school, right? Uh, yes, yeah. Okay, but this idea of school pride is completely gone. The 
I, I don't know if you well you didn't, but what would happen to those of us in the United States is Jostens would come in and try and sell you like the class ring. It would have your date and you could have this and that and you'd pay 500 bucks and the letterman's jacket, you get a letter jacket with the year and your chevrons and what you lettered in for, you know, for sports ball. And I don't think any, I looked into it, like sales are down 75%. Like no one gets class rings anymore. People don't care about their high school. Um, I've seen a couple letterman jackets, but it's, it's the exception, not the rule. And then in college, like, you know, there used to be songs and you belong to a fraternity or something like that. Now everyone hates the college experience. They were lied to. And there's no more like, oh yeah, I'm an Augie or I'm a Georgia tech waspy or whatever, uh, you know, the, the mascot's name is, I mean, have you seen anything does every, in other words, does everyone who went to your program for NBA, do they hate the school? This is something I'm not I'm still not cool with regarding my classmates. Yeah. Look look at look at what I put on my text box here. Like look yeah. at what I'm saying today. No more sports ball. I'm glad we we cured you of that. The pandemic also helped cure me of it too. No sports, it's easy to forget about. Um right. So, this used to piss me off so much and it still does while we were students and even right now. You had all these people that were like me that were like, this program is bullshit. All they want is our money, you know, blah, blah, blah. So you know where I went to grad school, right? It's got this big, it's the goddamn. You can slam on it here. I don't know why. What are they going to do? Prevent you from getting a job? I mean, if if I don't give a shit. Okay, mention the school. It's It's Notre Dame. I mean, I'm sorry. Notre Dame. I was going to say Purdue. Notre Dame. Yes. Um, But so. They're known for their football program. Like like in the 50s, 60s, 70s, every Catholic in the U.S. chose them, as you know, their school. And this has carried on. So that's what really used to piss me off uh, and still does about my classmates is that they're so rah-rah, you know, with the sports ball and this stupid thing. It's like, how can you justify rooting for them with all your heart and going to the games and watching, watching them and having parties when all you do is rip the school? You know, there, there was this inconsistency I could never figure out. Well, they're not that bright, but they don't like the school anymore. They're not like, oh, yeah, those are fond memories going to Notre Dame. No, but I mean, I, I, I just don't understand how they drank the Kool-Aid. And, and from a sports standpoint, sports ball, it also used to kind of bug me how they had uh, they went to undergrad at other schools. And yet right. they chose their sports ball teams to be like a grad school they went to for two years just because it has main rec- name recognition. I was like, right. yeah, well, no, I, that's that's why because the University of Minnesota has never fielded a team worth a damn in any sport. Um, I I think they're they're the Minnesota Vikings. Like nothing, the Gophers have never done anything. They they just <laughs> so I don't know if anyone could really get proud into their sports ball via that, but. Uh, since the U of M campus was physically ugly, it was a very mediocrely ranked school. The education was shit. And uh, just Minnesotans and the weather is horrible. Like, I don't hear anybody like, yeah, I went to the University of Minnesota or like, I'm a St. Tommy or like, no pride is in these schools anymore. <laughs> and it's just kind of, oh, yeah, I got my degree there. And and it's kind of nice to see because now without that reputation, without that, you know, those fond memories older people have. No, it could be like, yeah, we're not voting for more money for the higher education system. We're, we're going to do something else. Yeah. Well, I've always appreciated that you <laughs> don't give a rat's ass about the Minnesota Gophers. Gophers? 
even if I was a sports ball fan, how could you get behind them? They never, they <laughs> don't win anything. They are horrible. And I think they're only a second division team, right? The schools, they're not, they're not the Badgers or Michigan State, right? I mean, they're in the same league as them. It's the Gophers, right? Minnesota. Yeah, the Gophers. Yeah, they're still, you know, they're they're equivalent with those programs. It's just Minnesota apparently never wins at any of them. No one so. wants to come here. Yeah, no, it's it's kind of like a cold, snowy Seattle or Portland. Like nobody <laughs> really wants to come here. No one, no one does. Uh, let's get some super chats out of the way. Go ahead, take one. Okay, I'll take that. Doctor Oatmeal for four ninety nine. Cappy, hi. Do you still have your motorcycle? And if you do, what kind is it? I still got it. It's a 2007 Honda VTX 1300. And uh, yeah, I might take it out here in a week. <laughs> I might be just like, <laughs> your, your GF, she have a motorcycle? or No, no. Oh, she yeah. used to, but then she didn't like riding it. So uh, mm. now we put that one down south. So now I have a motorcycle down there when I go to the Southern Command. <laughs> And I have a motorcycle here when I'm not in Southern Command. And, nice. Uh, yeah, it is nice. It is nice. It's, uh, <laughs> they're both, I mean, they're both used. I think I spent nowhere, I think 4000 a piece, and they had relatively low miles. And that's the great thing about motorcycles. You can pick them up pretty cheap, and they have low miles. And if you get a Honda or at least a Japanese motorcycle, you can make it last, you know, for 100000 and the maintenance and repair isn't that difficult. Harley's just here. <laughs> If you're insistent on buying a Harley, just give me $10,000 and go buy yourself a Honda. And at least you will save yourself the stress and pain of having to constantly fix that thing. Um, and you'll come out financially ahead. Even if you pay me $10,000, go buy yourself a used Honda for about five, a good one, and give me $10,000. And that is a better deal than you going and getting a Harley. <laughs> like Harley's like the boomer brand right is that it is and they're so they were so short-sighted they did nothing to get younger people they attempted that with buell buell was kind of like this uh cafe racer smaller bike that was supposed to get the younger people but anytime you go to sturgis it's just they're getting older and older and older and older and then harley came out with uh an electric bike and they try to make it look like this badass bike. And they, you know what they did in, in intellectual honesty? They pulled that off. They gave it the Harley look. It looked like that. But it's just this electric thing. It's like, look, dude, it's not it's not the gas. Millennials and Zier males, it's not because you have a gas motorcycle and it's going to pollute the environment. If anything, motorcycles are better for the environment because <clears throat> they're more fuel efficient. It's the culture. All right. These are pussies and soy boys who are not going to wear leather jackets let alone learn how to wrench on a bike all right they're not going to sturgis they're going to go to some peter gabriel concert with their girlfriend okay uh, <clears throat> they're going to go to the coffee store and they're going to grow them their beards and, and their hair uh that's what the it's it is too much uh estrogen not enough testosterone harley's and motorcycle riding in general is pretty masculine and it that is in decline in the United States. And so the the environmentalism of an electric Harley motorcycle uh, will fall on deaf ears. And I don't think their sales have done shit. I don't think uh, anything's really happened. So 
But then they also they also priced them way the fuck out of anybody's range, and they weren't reliable. Mm. I mean, I had a buddy. He bought a Harley, and he wanted to meet. He was going to come in from Denver. I was going to come in from the Twin Cities. I said, look, take that thing, get it tuned up, get it fixed up, make sure it doesn't break down. What happens? <laughs> what happened? <laughs> it breaks down. <laughs> it broke down. I got And I got the spot. And anytime I drive past that spot in South Dakota, I take a picture of it. I say, hey, does this look familiar? And sure <laughs> enough, there was my Honda was just fine. Just fine. There he was like, oh, shit. Uh, the air intake thing's all fucked up. And I'm like, this was like, I think it had like 2,000 miles. Like it was a practically brand new Harley. I was just like, ah, oh, fuck it. And then we had to go to the Harley dealership. The part was $300. It's some insane <laughs> amount of money. And I'm like, yeah, okay. Oil change and new tires once every three years, you know? I, I... So um, my school, my grad school, they had a relationship with Harley just because they were up in Milwaukee. It wasn't too far. Right. Uh, two guys from my class ended up getting full-time jobs with them. Both okay. were both were laid off within like a few years because I think Harley's bottom line started to kind of nosedive after yeah. a while. Well, you know what? Let's take a look at uh. Well, see, Harley doesn't make their money on the motorcycles; they make it on apparel. Apparel, yeah, yeah and, and, then and they, licensing, they were, yes. <clears throat> and that was the department that they were in; like it was marketing or something for the yeah. apparel. Yeah, the mm-hmm. their uh, motorcycles are a lost leader. The Harley Davidson Livewire. Oh Jesus Christ! What is that? <laughs> well, that's their motorcycle. Look up the Harley Davidson Live Wire. All right, I'll do it now. Harley. Okay. Now that looks badass. That looks like a cool cafe racer. Okay, they pulled it off. Look what it costs. Uh, wow, thirty thousand dollars. Thirty thousand dollars. That's like what? If what's a <laughs> typical? I know you usually buy used, but give me a reasonable price for a brand new motorcycle, which I know is dependent on brand. It depends for for Harley. I think they go for like fifty. Like your average Harley new goes. It is a true luxury good. Uh, your average Honda probably maybe new goes for twenty thousand. I've never bought new, so I don't mm-hmm. know. But you know, you're fifteen to twenty thousand for a good Honda. Uh, or Yamaha or Kawasaki. Uh, there's a Chinese, or maybe it's Korean, Hwansong. And those have yet to earn a reputation because you're like, okay, Japanese bike. Like if I'm driving around town, that's one thing. If I'm in the middle of nowhere and your piece of shit plastic bike falls apart. I you know, So that's the judge and, and uh, jury still out on that. But yeah, uh, the, the larger point is, the Harleys and even the Indian motorcycles, Polaris owns them, are targeting the higher boomer, banker boomer, who are dying, by the way, and they don't have the physique to run any ride anymore, and they didn't diversify their youth portfolio. But now they come in, here's our motorcycle for the youth. Hey, kids, it's electric, and it's only 30 grand. It's like 30 fucking grand. These kids have student loan debts and don't have money after rent. Why don't you build them a good $10,000, like the, the Kawasaki, not Kawasaki, yeah, Kawasaki Ninja. It's a 300cc uh, intro, little little crotch rocket. That's a great starter bike. You can get people introduced on that. This is Harley's low end. Their low end is 30 fucking grand. <laughs> I can't believe that. Yeah, I'm trying to see what the... Uh... Yeah, here we go. Uh, this is only a month ago. 
<clears throat> for Business Insider, Harley Davidson's first electric motorcycle has been a total flop, but here are 12 other e-bikes from scrappy upstarts that may find success. It couldn't, right? Because the scrappy upstarts are like going to have it a lot cheaper and they're not putting themselves, we're Harley, we're burly men and, and we don't <laughs> suck our dicks. Because the soy boys are like, oh my goodness, a woman's sucking my dick. Oh, geez, I don't know. <laughs> you know, uh, zero motorcycles. Yeah, Harley Davidson CEO stepped down late last month amid struggles at the company, including lackluster sales of the brand's first electric bike, the, the Livewire. Um, the Livewire's steep MSRP and low range didn't mean it, meant it didn't catch on with young riders as Harley had hoped, but there are plenty of EV bike manufacturers looking to change the industry icon. See, what Harley should have done was start a subsidiary and completely rebranded it and gone an eco route. Uh, and and had it cheap, like uh, practically a slightly more powerful electric scooter, is what it should have done. And it should have gone in cahoots with like some organic coffee outfit. And oh my god, look, we're doing something for the environment, some other kind of crap, and and market it as an alternative to a car and it's cheaper transportation to the car. You might have you know get into culture with fat tire bicycles and brew pubs. That would have probably work but they they had to do it in-house you got a 30 grand laying around chad that you want to blow on a motorcycle well sure i was just gonna do a thirty thousand dollar super chat to ask oh how yeah I get the there girls. we go yeah that's how we get the girls right that's you know you, what you're saying is actually connecting a few dots for me because what they must have done harley is just gone to bear to various mba programs that they had relationships with and just hmm. you know plucked out some people on there who were totally Totally worthless when it came to actually knowing what to do. Yeah. At least in terms of marketing. So it doesn't surprise me that they fucked that up. If if Harley wanted to hire me, a, re- a still relatively young individual who rides motorcycles and consult me, <clears throat> even at my $100 an hour, uh, th- that would be some of the best money they could ever spend. The best hmm. money they could ever spend. Uh, but I don't know. I, I always get a kick out of it where you must have had smart people working for you maybe not did did you guys not see this happening did you have the the blinders on that much um yeah so here's another one this is the lightning this is uh i'm just looking at the new ones coming up to see if they they're more anchored in in a younger generation so this looks like a crotch rocket uh <clears throat> top speed 150 sticker price of under 20,000 damn uh, lightning 218. That's 40,000. Okay, that's that's a little <sighs> zero motorcycles. Uh, 10,009. And here's kind of an off road version. Yeah, um, here's here's exactly the Swedish manufacturer cake <clears throat> was founded in by a former IKEA designer. Hence the utilitary minimalist look of its calc and bike. And this thing looks basically like a scooter, a powerful electric scooter. Oh, that thing's hideous. Five, uh, 8,500. Uh, it looks like they all went the crotch rocket route. Yeah, I'm searching, searching for some of these just to see what they look like. Um. There's a couple. Yeah, this is a different. Yeah, some of them. I think these specialized shops. You know who has his own uh, motorcycle shop? Who? Uh Oh, shoot. What's his name? Uh, John Wick. Who, who starred in John Wick? I, I, Keanu Reeves. Yeah, yeah, Keanu. So, uh, hit, but they're all custom, and I think they start at 100,000. <laughs> so, 
but he's got some slick looking bikes, but it's, it's the small little shop that that's going to have the appeal, that design, not just, Hey, we took a Harley motorcycle and then we made it smaller, but put an engine or electric engine in it. Be cool. Like us kids drink beer. It's not, it's not going to sell. It's have a hard time seeing millennials get, you know, on this train. I, I don't see, I see him viewing it as a source for transportation. That's cheaper than a car. Especially if you live in the South, you don't have to worry about snow as much. Hey, question. What's the most, uh, if you know this, what's the most viewers you've ever had during a stream? Maybe in the 250s. I don't know if I broke 260. Oh, okay. A second ago, we had like 220, and I'd never seen it. Yeah, no, it's it's been, yeah, the great and merciful Corona champ blesses us all. Beforehand, (laughs) it'd be rare if I broke 200, but yeah, now with... uh, Everyone cooped up. They want to. They want to get out and do something. So they do that. All right, let's get to the super chats because they're coming in now. Uh, Kevin again for four dollars and ninety nine cents. Large corporations pass off their labor cost onto the taxpayer when they pay low wages, and their workers have to rely on government social programs or tips in the service industry. Right. You well, know. he's right. They they throw it off to the taxpayer. You know who else they they pass on their labor cost to? Well, us, the consumers, yeah, the consumer. Right? Yeah. Are, are poor people consumers? Uh, I mean, for for sin stuff, yeah. You know, tobacco, you know, they water. Consume, they go to Walmart. They they consume things like you Walmart, and Walmart, definitely. Yeah, there's an 80, 85%. Everyone uses toilet paper. You know, everyone wears shoes. Uh, you know, the rich people, okay, maybe they got yachts and Ferraris, but yes. They're yes, consumers. They, they will pass it. So you know what we should do? We should get rid of the social programs, and then people would say, "I need more than that." Walmart or Target or whatever, and then we'd have more accurate pricing, and then the taxpayer went, and then we'd have lower costs. Kevin, just do things my way, okay? Just do things my way. Everybody, shut up and do what I say. That's all I want. Is that too much to ask? I gotta laugh about something real quick. Um, this whole "Have you gotten your stimulus check?" thing. Like this, I know I you, you saw this meme. Does that not make it so obvious as to who's not really killing it in life? Because all these people, not clients, who I'd wonder, well, how are things going with them? Are they doing well? I see posts about them getting their stimulus check, and I'm like, great. So your adjusted gross income is seventy five thousand dollars or less. And I thought you were doing better than that. So oh, I see. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I haven't thought of that because um, I just. I, I don't really care. I guess it's not also not my business if someone gets the stimulus check and there's such a distaste in my mouth we're we're printing off this money and giving it to people. So I, I just kind of ignored it. Oh, yeah. And, and the reason I'm saying that is because a lot of these, yeah, like we're talking about, a lot of these were classmates of mine that tried to act like they were just killing it. And it's like, wow, dude. they got their MBA at Notre Dame and what, nine years later, 10? Right. So that's wow. why so that's why I see this. You know, I don't publicly shame people, but I do, you know, with some of my classmates who I'm friends with, I'm like, yo, check out this person who's bragging that they make <laughs> less than 75. He, okay, I, I I I didn't get that. I got the I got the meme where the guy has texted a girl, he says, Hey, yeah. I got my stimulus check. She says, You make under seventy five thousand? <laughs> that's such a perfect meme for the shit yeah. that I'm seeing and hearing. You should never announce that you got a stimulus check. It just doesn't I, look good. Well, yeah, but I, I never presented myself as some big swinging dick from an MBA program. That, exactly. But you're right. I, I guarantee you how many people out there from the Carlson, Carlson School, School the Management. Carlson School of Management got themselves a $1,200 check. I'd be very curious <laughs> to see how many it was. 
Oh, um, I handle Dr. Oatmeal doc, here. Dr. Oatmeal, $9.99. Hard work is not enough to succeed in the job market today. You have to be adaptable, learn fast, and able to plan three steps ahead. You have to become a tiger stalking your prey in the jungle. Off his politics, man. He is, he is yeah. absolutely right. The only thing I would add to that, although that'd be planning three steps ahead. And I wish I did this more, is the second I got a job, you know what I should should have done? Started planning for the next job. Keep keep applying for jobs. Keep applying. And the only way you get promoted is you go work for the competition. That's the only way. And uh, <laughs> The and Notre I, Dame career office would have hated you for that. <laughs> well, they can suck a bag of dicks. Uh, another thing is I would have done a lot more screening and Google stalking, although it didn't necessarily exist in the earlier days of the boss. And I would have like found out who their previous employees were, track them down, say, okay, what's the deal with this? Cause you were always thinking like, it can't be worse than I am where I am now. It's like, Oh no, it's horrible everywhere. Um, and, and doing a little screening. And I used to be able to do that looking at the FDIC's banking, uh, institution directory where you could look at their financials and see just what percent of their portfolio was delinquent or default and you could get a real quick sense like how bad that ship was mm-hmm. um, and so much so that you know i'd be like you guys are in horrible financial shape it's like no i'm not you'd have to pay me so much i'm not dealing with your oreo i'm not doing dealing with recovery you know uh but that's no he's right it's it's a job to have a job um and it's have you ever listened to uh jack napier's show sure yeah yeah I, I enjoy it because he's younger and he works in the government. And to see all the bullshit, it's like, oh, yeah, I remember all this corporate office bullshit that he has to suffer now. Yeah. Like, come to work. Don't come to work. Work from home. Don't work from home. Hey, can you do that? No, we don't need it. Don't come in on this. Please come in on today. Someone followed a complaint. You're looking too relaxed. That was literally a complaint he got. It's like, you're too relaxed. <laughs> what? Getting called to the office because you're too fucking relaxed. Like, oh, yeah. I I will never do that again. Never. I will never, ever do that again. Yeah, I spent too many years working for the government to know that's the last thing I ever want to do. Was the government worse or the big four worse? Ooh, um, I'd say the big four was worse just really? because they, okay. they truly did not give a shit if you got hit by a truck and died. Like you were just fresh meat there to be used. Maybe it's like that in all jobs. I don't know. I don't know about that, but I, I'm kind of curious about the profile or the mentality because the big four are all partnerships, right? You make partner in those things. Yeah. The best way I can describe it to you, you know, there were these younger kids that they were just getting started at an undergrad that I was with. They are the ultimate or they, they had the mentality that they had to be the ultimate company people. Like mm-hmm. that comes first before everything. You can't have fun. You can't go working out at lunch. You know, you just have to sit there and do what everybody tells you to do. Right. Um, I never saw that in any other job besides the big four. It's almost like a cult. Well, that's and that's why I'm saying who are the people on top? Who are these partners that result in this cult like yeah, obedient slave camp? I mean, these guys, what did they go through it too as boomers? And now they're at the top. Like, if I had to suffer under this old fart, then I got to make the other kids suffer. Or is it like, look, we built up this brand name and now we're part of the big four. Now everyone has to suck our dick. 
So, I mean, I hate to say this, but you know, it's true. There was some fast tracking for certain partners that fit, you know, certain demographics. Okay. So they're racist and sexist. That is the debt. We, we call it as it is. They are bigoted against people of certain races and certain genders. Correct. Uh, I, yeah. I mean, I'm just telling you what I saw. Yeah, oh, that's, that, that's that was one thing. It is not um, by the content of their character, but by the color of their skin or their gender that they're, they're promoting people. And that was very obvious. I mean, okay. I, I hate right. I hate the term. I was, quote, red-pilled when I was done with my MBA program. So I saw all of this in real time. Right. And I was just like, you're not even hiding this. The other, I mean, I'm sure there were some people that worked their way up the ranks throughout the years. But I think they're just people that came in kind of on top, you know, friends of, of other partners. Sure. Nepotism. And, um, nepotism was a big one. It all just struck me as really disgusting. But these kids that I'm telling you about, that was their goal. They're like, I'm going to be partner someday. And see, that's such a huge risk to anybody who actually does have talent and is willing to work that hard. Because one, it's already not fair given the cronyism and nepotism and corruption. They're already going to hire their buddy, but hey, JP, hey, CL, (laughs) that Chad Elkins guy, he did 80 hours a week while we were on our yacht golfing. That's our golf yacht. That's how much money we have. Don't worry, CL. I'll promote you because you're a father of my father, sucked each other's dick in Vietnam or whatever. I don't know what happened. Pretty much. But but you're already going into it with that. Then because they got to market and make themselves look good, they're going to discriminate based on sex and gender. Yes. So fuck that shit. You have no, there's no meritocracy to begin with. So why would you bust your ass off? I could see if you were a girl, a protected class, minority, or you had a connection. But if you're not connected, fuck it. Go do your own. You are, there is no reason to participate in that, in that uh, fixed system, that corrupt system. I mean, this is what those kids did not know. And, you know, I suddenly, I wasn't there that long. I was there just a year. Mm-hmm. But I would sort of use the Socratic method and I'd be like, you know, hello, 24-year-old so-and-so. Mm-hmm. Looks like you had a pretty tough uh, busy season. Do you still want to stay here for the next 15 years with hope that you advance? Oh, yeah. You know, the sky's <laughs> the limit here. And I'm just oh, yeah. I haven't even checked. I'll bet many of them moved on shortly after that. Well, there's only so many partnership positions for the number of employees. What is it? You got a one in a thousand chance? There's Something one partner like maybe. Yeah, maybe. I, I don't know what the ratio of employees to partners is, but it's it's not low. It's not low. Did, you ever have, did you ever have jobs where you had coworkers? God, this made me sick. The coworkers are just such kiss asses. The ones that are doing extra, you know, to, to put themselves above everyone else that it was expected that you had to match their effort did you ever i didn't have have that i had people that were backstabbers and would pick fights yes backstabbers that at those like this one dick oh this pathetic man uh in wyoming he he would he he wasn't my boss like the line went across it wasn't even a line i was the analyst and i get in the way of people's loans being approved because they shouldn't have been approved so he would He'd spend hours, literally, Chad, he spent five hours one time going through all the the formulas in my model to make sure they worked. It's like, asshole, I've been working on this model for 10 years. You think I haven't whittled through it? You know, like, and he found some minor technicality, like, oh, it didn't get like the cash ratio versus the quick ratio. Uh, technically, da, 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 da. So it was people like that 
Um, but they were so they were psychopaths. They were so dysfunctional mentally that they wouldn't last long uh, because they were they were weak in other areas. Um, so that's saw- what I, that's what I ran into. Well, the, another thing about these kids, these backstabbers or whatever, all it took was one busy season and they were like 20 pounds heavier. You know, you yeah. could tell that their hair was starting to go like this shit really does kind of ruin your health, at least big mm-hmm. four counting. Yeah. So, yeah. no, I remember people uh, who were big four and uh, not big four, sorry, but they were um, auditors in uh, tax time and they would beg you to cut. Hey, we're having lunch today paid for by the office come on in because it was for family but then they realized that no one can have a family when they're fresh out of school and you're making them work 80 hours a week so you'd allow to have friends so we go visit them and they they were just exhausted they were they were beleaguered um every single thing that the big four that i worked for every little thing they did that was seen as like a perk or something you should be happy about it was all based on keeping you in the office as long as possible, whether it was, hey, we're, we're ordering dinner you know, at nine or, hey, free ice cream on the floor. Like everything they did was, was thought out to make it so you don't leave the building. <laughs> yeah. Let them have their tartar sauce. I'll, yeah. You, can, do you know where that's from? The Simpsons. Oh, dang it. You got it. Oh, man. That was yeah, good. That was that's good. Mr. 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 Burns. Burns. Yeah. yeah. Let them have their tartar sauce. Tartar sauce. He's my favorite character. <laughs> oh, God. I love Burns. Yeah. He's so honest about being a capitalist. <laughs> he doesn't realize he's like accidentally evil. He's like, what do they need food for? You know? <laughs> he's just he's just like the most honest evil guy there ever was. Oh, I love him. My favorite one, he's like, Smithers, how much did we pay in income tax last year? Uh, $3, sir. What? We're getting screwed. <laughs> <laughs> one of my favorite quotes from him, he's driving in the park. Well, Smithers is driving. He's like, Smithers, there are too many fat children fat in this park. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Just love that guy. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right, let's take a break. I hit the can. We'll get back with the super chats, all right? All right. I'm going to hang here, guys. Let me know if you want me to sing anything. Otherwise, I'm going to answer emails. Tall and tan and young and lovely, the girl from Ipanema goes walking in when she passes, just when she passes. Oh, when she walks, she's like a samba. I am singing. Girl from Ipanema. I wish I knew that uh, Joe, Joe Jones, pick a song for me. How come Chad seems to have a stronger bladder than Cappy? <laughs> that is a great question. Uh, yes. Oh, so Brian Wagner asks, are, are clients complaining about their Corona refund? There's a lot of issues, not just with the stimulus check, but also the PPP and those uh, the EIDL loans, the SBA loans. A lot of people are not getting these. And, you know, one reason is because they're not filling out the applications properly, which I honestly don't blame them for. It's confusing as hell. What pisses me off is that they all come to me to try to help them. And, I, you know, I know some things about these, these programs, but I'm not the one who can get them through these hoops. So that kind of pisses me off. Um and of course, you guys probably saw the news. It's all the big corporations that got the PPP money first. It's too um, bad. It's just too bad. 
Yeah, I'm just telling them about how, I mean, we knew this was going to happen, but these stimulus rollouts because of this coronavirus thing are such a disaster by the government. I mean, just, man, they can't. Hey, I waited two weeks to apply for that program, and now there ain't no money left. You think so? The PPP. Yeah. Right. You got like you got a Harvard fucking law, or you know the the university itself that has an endowment of forty three billion, and they're getting the funds before everybody else. It's just insane. There's a book. If you're ever angry about anything happening in news, you should read this book called "Enjoy the Decline." As, <laughs> as Rome burns around you, so that you. It's actually very deep and philosophical because it talks about like, look, all you're doing is lessening your life, getting pissed off for shit that you're not going to control and is going to happen anyway. Dude, I got to tell you, like you're going to have more and more people that just go belly up because shit's just out of control right now. Businesses are just going to die. It's well, and they should. I I made the point that these restaurants that are bitching about not getting their money. It's like, dude, you weren't going to make it anyway. You had Mm. less than a 5% chance of making it. And you're this, this local moron who can't even get to the bank on time. You know, so that aside, uh, but there's there's other bigger things in the way of entrepreneurship and success. And, and it's a microcosm. It's a small example, and I've talked about it before. But I told you about Redbubble, how they took down the the image for my coffee mugs of the Corona Chan girl. Yeah, you mentioned that. Yeah, yep. like what the fuck? Like if you have to, f- <clears throat> all business is whether you are working for one, running one, uh, or, or purchasing from one. All it is is people, yep. and as the and I'm like a, it's like every cell in in a human body just decaying and getting cancer, and as more and more and a higher and higher percentage of the cells within the United States, the individual humans become dysfunctional, incompetent, or or cancerous for the lack of a better word, it just becomes so much harder to get basic shit done. Uh, and I used to call this the Wyoming three, because if you ever were in Wyoming and you wanted to order something or have any interaction with anything, it took three times. You know, <laughs> the subway artist would fuck up your sandwich twice. The dentist would reschedule you twice. Um, <clears throat> you'd have to ask people for their financial statements three times. There's in, and that slows you down. You are, you are delaying production by two thirds. And, it's and now it's probably the Wyoming four and the industry average for the United States is three. You are going to have to ask people three times to get shit done. At which point you're like, is this even worth embarking on a business? If it is not only going to be this financially taxing, but mentally taxing as well. Like I can't get the fucking shit here on time to build my widgets because some fuck knob at FedEx delivered it to the wrong. There are so many, every time there's a human, that is a chance for things to get fucked up. And as the, as those individual humans become less and less reliable, the entire system falls apart. What's funny is that a lot of these humans where it's in their own best interest to like follow my instructions and do everything the right way. So they get a big refund. I've already bitched enough to you about how things go with that, but yeah. Yeah. But you could do all your work in a third of the time. And probably pass some savings on to them if they did that. But you got to bill out by the hour and only drives up their costs. 80% of them, if they would just follow instructions, their fees would be lower and I would be able to get it to them quicker. And I'm mm-hmm. still trying to figure out a way how to handle that. But that's You, you just get rid of them. You get, you, get, you get become very elitist in that. All right, let's get with the super chats here before we fall behind. 
Uh, Mando uh, Jr. for two bucks. Should I get the CPA to work for the government? I'm going to field this one just to Please. start out. Um, if you do that, you have to realize that you're, you're kind of limiting yourself and that you can only really get jobs with either the GAO, the government accounting office, or I guess you could get a job with the IRS. But I mean, other than that, I, I wouldn't necessarily think the CPA is super valuable to work for the government. Like, and he's talking about the IRS. Mm. There were people that had EAs and CPAs and enrolled agent. You know what that is, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I would say if you just want to work for the government, then you might as well take the easy route and just get an EA. Okay. Because what it, I mean, if they got a real big accounting case or like a tax evasion case, they bring in experts, right? Then they'll go get a CPA or they'll go hire someone out of big four or something, I'd imagine. They will. But man, that's just, that's really kind of rare. Like someone's mentioning it in the chat. I, I was on the Wesley Snipes case for a year and a half when we were at DOJ. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And they had enough people, treasury agents, you know, people that had experience so that I think I didn't have a CPA at the time. There were no CPAs that worked on that case because you really didn't need to be one. Okay. So, yeah. All right. This is uh, Jungle Motorsports. Jungle Motorsports, $5. The worst is when a college asks for donations while one is still paying off their debt. <laughs> I, I I agree. I agree. I mean... The nerve, the chutzpa. Yeah, that's that's the my buddy who uh, <clears throat> sells very average computers for fair prices, uh, as long as you don't give them too much shit. Juan, Buenos, Buenos dias, Capio el Chario. What up, Juan? He, he posted a picture of some. I didn't. I couldn't tell what uh, kind of car it was, but it looked like some big ass muscle car from the seventies. Looked like a big had a huge bay and engine was real dirty. Posted it where? On Instagram? Or? Uh, Instagram or something, yeah. Mm. Oh, Aaron again. All right. Jungle Motorsports for five bucks. Motorcycles do not have a catalytic converter. Catalytic. Catalytic converter. So they are actually worse for the environment, despite the less volume of burnt petroleum. He'll do this. He's a very good mechanic, but it'll also rain on your parade with facts like this. <laughs> Now, sometimes yeah. it's good. Sometimes they'll say, well, yeah, standard transmission, that's like 10, 15% more efficient than an automatic transmission. Like, oh, I'm doing real well. But, he said, but now the automatic transmissions are way better that you know there is no gain. Like, oh, all right, never mind. Huh. <clears throat> uh, I thought there was more. Here we go. There, there are more. There's... Yeah, I know. I got to roll for it. Well, throw, go through them, and I'll try and catch up. Yeah, um, let me uh, see. Uh, we did the – yeah, we did that. Uh, we got Juan, Jungle Motorsports. Uh, well, the next one I have is from Dr. Oatmeal. You see that? Yeah. Okay. $4.99. My first motorcycle, if you're interested, was a Kawasaki Estrella, orange and 250 cc's. Good for Okinawa traffic when I was stationed there. Hmm. Kawasaki Estrella. Let's do Kawasaki. My mom went to high school in Okinawa. Is that where she met uh, your dad? No, no, like my, her dad, my grandfather was in the military and that's oh. where they were assigned. Yeah. I've never been to Japan. Oh, this, yeah, this is a nice little putt-putt motorcycle gets you around. Good, good travel car or truck, truck. Motorcycle for a city. All right. 
All right. Who was next here? Okay, Juan. $1.99. Food banks here are having food shortages. Hilarious. Same here. Same here. That's too bad. You guys are both in San Francisco and Chicago, two of the most liberal places in the entire United. But I thought, I thought if anything, free shit would be an expertise. Like if, if there's municipal governments that could pull off free shit, it'd be the Marxist and municipal governments of Chicago and San Fran. How, what's going on, guys? What? My favorite is they're trying to get people, regular schmoes, to come out and help them with this. It's like not only would I risk getting you know the disease myself, but I would. It, what a complete waste of time! <laughs> uh, Miguel Angel Casillas for five bucks. Ray Dalio's philosophy is meritocracy, and my MBA dream stands a chance. Also, Cappy, I read your LinkedIn. Walking away from corporate America, all I can say is Amen. Yeah, I got some really great posts over in uh, at LinkedIn. Uh, so I don't know, go find me on LinkedIn, search Aaron Clary Lee. I don't check my messages there or anything. I just use it as a publishing platform to remind corporate stooges that their lives suck and it's great and awesome being me. Um, one of probably one of the best one is called let women have corporate America. And I, I, remember that I make, yeah. And I make the argument that not only was corporate America pretty, a pretty bad deal to begin with and something that, you know, we've always been championing entrepreneurship and not working for the man. But now that it's going to be all vagina all the time and they've removed any meritocracy from it, uh, it threatens their long-term viability because they risk not being profitable. But then the fu- now you're working – think of the mental environment that you have to work in where you're actually going to base things not on Bobby's the best or Amy's the best, but, well, Amy has a vagina or Frank is black. And that this even goes for minority men because – what kind of mental insane asylum are you going to be working in when these gals are backstabbing one another to get promoted to queen bee of the HR department? I mean, just it's going, the shit will roll downhill, but the, the rules and etiquette and the training that is going to affect everyone. It just be, it'd be a nightmare uh, to work for these. And now that's why I said the 1099 superior race, especially working from home. That's where the future is. Uh, because they're going to have to hire the experts and, you know, the 1099ers. And you say, okay, oh, oh, you're, you're, you're uh, affirmative action team. Uh, I don't know, fucked up that project because they're all pissing and moaning about Heidi getting promoted over Amy and then two camps hmm. forward and they all went to each other with, with lipstick and ice picks. Well, I, I, that's not my problem, but to solve it for $250 an hour, I'll, I'll do the real work that should have been done that entire time. And so that's. <clears throat> that's what you can find on my LinkedIn articles. Got to tell you, I'm, I don't know if I can ever work for anyone ever again, but we'll see. No, no. I... Uh, okay. Dylan Doe for nine ninety nine. South Floridian here. Where is Vegas the safest for a second? 250 to 300,000 uh, or cheaper home in Vegas. Want a lawn, no HOA and no druggies. How did you decide to buy a place where you bought one? I didn't buy a place there yet. South Dakota is oh. where I bought my place. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <clears throat> no, yeah. I, I, I watch over, you know him. I watch over his house. That's how I get the free lodging and all that. Oh, gotcha. uh, but knowing, knowing the Vegas area very well, you do not want a lawn because you have to water the ever living shit out of it. And a lot of places may not even allow you, like depending on the HOA you go into, you may not be able to, you want the green plastic grass. That shit is the bee's knees. And even if I was, I may get it for South Dakota. So I don't have to mow the yard. It's just great. It's green plastic. It looks wonderful. 
Um, no HOA, that's going to be harder. So you're going to have to go out of the city a little bit or try and find it. Uh, plus the Vegas area does their property taxes a little bit differently. They There's a base level of property taxes, but then you are part of a larger HOA, which essentially pays for your trash and water, which would normally maybe be the city, but they've outsourced that private sector. Um, no druggies. Stay away from the immediate north and east sides of Vegas. Um, pretty much you don't want to go at all north of Vegas between uh, Nellis Air Force Base and downtown. Uh, <clears throat> the towns I would recommend, Henderson I like, Anthem. Uh, there's a If you can swing it, uh, there's a rich place out on the west side of town called Summerlin. Uh, Enterprise might be better. These are the ones that there's the Vegas is starting to bump into the mountains that surround it. So there's a couple new developments and towns being formed where you could go ahead and, and build out there on the cheap, but enterprise the South side of Vegas, uh, South of two fifteen would be all right. Um, but if you really, what you could consider, I don't know if you want to live in Vegas, but Boulder city, that's the city that's by the Boulder dam. That's a nice little town with all the amenities you need. So unless you needed to live in Vegas for whatever, you want it cheaper, go to Boulder City. Uh, it's still a 30-minute travel to, to Vegas, assuming traffic is good. And um, yeah, it'd be cheaper, no bums. Uh, but uh, I would, yeah, I'd, those are the areas I'd, I'd check out. I just assumed the property taxes were really bad because they don't have an income tax. I don't know about the property taxes. The, well, keep in mind, they are heavily subsidized by gambling. That's, that's true. That's another reason to go out to Nevada in general is because the mining and the casinos really pay for a lot of shit. It's almost ideal how they should do it. It's like, here's, here's, hey, how do we pay our taxes? By gambling from <laughs> foreigners. People out of state come here and gamble and they enjoy it. They pay to come give us their money uh, and the government gets a take. So I think it's one of the best tax systems ever, frankly. And all casinos in Nevada are closed right now from what I Oh, it's read, horrible. So. Yeah. Mm. No. I feel bad for Baldoni, his girlfriend. Um, it, but that's – I'm trying not to get pissed off. I'm trying not to get pissed off. Um, all right. So uh, the competent man for $5 says, Chad, tax deadline is July 15. So can I have your cell number so I can call you at 12.01 a.m. and beg you to file my taxes for my boxes of scrap paper? I actually had something happen um, over the weekend and then yesterday. Uh, uh, I don't want to say long term, a client I've done her stuff for a couple of years. So she apparently got married in 2019 and she marries this one dude and we're going to file jointly because okay. you know, that's what you do when you get, get married. Fun. Oh, they wanted you to do the accounting. Yeah. So, <laughs> so yeah, but you know, I very politely and I'm like, well, you know, I need you to actually, I need you or him to go into Excel, list these all out, categorize them. And that way I can get your return done, keep the fee reasonable. Do you think I got any pushback when I asked oh, yeah. him to do oh, that? Oh, yeah. You got a ton. Oh, how dare you? Yeah, you got a ton of pushback. Uh, like one line really stands out. It was, well, what are we paying you for? Like, that's what <laughs> they said. And I'm just like... This is the digital equivalent of a shoebox full of receipts. It's going to take right. me a few hours to go through that. And um, and then I gave him like, that's going to take your estimated fee from like X to X. 
And I'm still waiting to hear back from them because what they're trying to do is they're trying to take it to different places, different accountants, right. try to get them to do it. That's not what we do. You got to do that shit on your own. You are a tax accountant. You do taxes. You are not, not a bookkeeper. Mm-mm. You are not a bookkeeper. I, I know. I, oh, well. Uh, let's go to Kevin. Uh, Kevin, Harvard should practice what they preach and dip into their endowment to pay students debt and tuition. Yes. $43 billion endowment. Yep. They could last a year or two. They could pay yeah. their professors too. Yeah. Were any professors giving up their um, their pay so they could help out the students? Did, do you hear any articles or stories about that? I haven't seen a single. Anything about college admins? Uh, oh, wait, they're all just bitching for more money. Oh, that's what it is. Oh, okay. Just want to point out who your friends are there, guys, all you young leftists who think your professors and guidance counselors care about you. I meant to send you something, and I'll just I'll tell you this real quick, and I can send it to you later. Uh, this came out yesterday that the state of Illinois has to publish what their public employees are getting paid. Right. Um, somebody went through it and they found that there's 109,881 public employees with six figure paychecks six in figure Illinois. Paychecks. Yeah. That includes those that are retired, getting pensions. And they yeah. showed like that there's people that are getting 381,000 in pensions. Right. Pensions. No wonder we're fucking going broke. Well, I, I, <sighs> George Bush tried to do something about Social Security, however many years, 20 years ago, 15 years ago. Yeah. And he got nothing but flack. Nothing but flack. I've told people to save money. The world deserves to die. And I'm going to make as much money off of you people as possible. Instead of me, I've been doing it all wrong, Chad. Instead of me lobbying my congressmen or writing articles about why we should uh, we as a society should vote for lower taxes and you see it really works this way that's too hard i'm just going to tell lies to people and get my money back and then some that's all i'm going to do i'm not going to change the system i'm not going to change society and these dumb ass sheep are going to get punished in the process it's it's win-win i just had to live long enough to get rid of the idealism to know that's how it works well, we have a flat tax, state income tax in Illinois. And I just love how our, our fat governor is just trying to increase that in order to help pay for it. <laughs> like it's in the same article. It's like Pritzker has these proposals to increase your state tax. Dude, I got to get out of here. Uh, that's interesting because Kevin has a question for $1.99. Oh, that's timely. <laughs> um, I, I need to go down there and visit because there's uh, an opportunity that's kind of on hold right now because this is coronavirus thing. Um, but but I'd like to check out Miami. I've never actually, I've been there for work a long time ago and I was there for a short time. So uh, I've heard bad things about it, you know, traffic, weather and everything, but they don't have a state income tax and I hate winter. I hate winter. So they don't have it there. And you're on the right. Cause it could still get a little cool on the Gulf side and a little bit North of yeah. Miami, but that, that Southern tip is always red. doesn't exactly. matter if it's January. It's always got that nice eighties to nineties red. I'm like, Oh, and, <clears throat> chilling and freezing over in St. Petersburg when it's 50, you know, cause, cause something came out of Texas. And it was cold. And I don't know about you up there, but we've had a real shitty winter and cold spring here, you know, not been anyway. that bad. Not bad. Uh, what's next is Dan Hunsicker for 1099. Love the 1099. Um, Hey Cappy, when is your millennial book headed to audible? Also, this question is for both of you. How do you calculate your taxes for each quarter? <laughs> Well, um, I'll tell you, 
Uh, this book, remember what we were talking about, how the Wyoming Three and Redbubble takes things down? Well, Amazon has changed how they, uh, what they own Audible. They've changed their audiobook approval process, and now it takes at minimum a month. And the longer the book, Ooh. the lo- yeah, so it could be eight weeks, and we're on week four and a half. Uh, and so I check in with Vince and showed him that he's got to log in username and password. And so, uh, that it's still not up and it could be another four weeks. Uh, it's uploaded. It's been uploaded for a month, a month and a couple days, but Karen at the <clears throat> censor department of approval and acceptable thought police, uh, probably has not read through it. Um, but yeah, I, in the, in, in the olden days when, what was the last book? So poor Richards, it was like you uploaded it and in like a week or two it was done. They might say, oh, hey, you got to you gotta add a little bit more dead air time here on this or that, but it was one and done. But yeah, they've changed it now where I guess we're just going to get less production done. I guess we're just going to slow things down. So um, and how do we calculate our taxes? I just take what I paid last year quarterly and then based on how much my revenue is coming up or down or how many expenses I've had, I, I add a, a little bit or take away a little bit. I got it zeroed in pretty good. Now, I'm not going to get specific, but for your structure, you know, the way the way you are, it's actually a little bit more challenging to do because it, it, there's so many mixing variables, you know, mm-hmm. W2 and everything. But if you're just a sole proprietor and it's going straight on your Schedule C, all you have to do is take your net income and multiply 25 percent, 25 to 30 percent on that on the federal side. On the state side, it just matters what state you live in. Here, it's just five five percent of your net income. Yeah, yeah. I always, I always just assume you're going to pay a third out between state and federal. Yeah, and and that, and I've rarely had a big tax bill. Usually, I get a little bit back, uh, but sometimes, um, sometimes I got to pay in a little bit too. Uh, and and you know, for your structure, that might even be a little bit high, but it's not a big deal. You can kick it forward, get around. Well, I I just I. Like, hey, yesterday I paid my my income tax. You know, I like to. It was a little bit late because it's not late. I know it's not late, but for me, it's late. I want to be April sixteenth. You know, I want to be Johnny on the spot. But I, I think I was a little low in one account, and I had to wait for a payroll to come in from another. Um, so that was that was that. Uh, just real quick, this is something that's a bit of a like. I hate it when they do this. I get clients that contact me to try to help figure out for them what their quarterly should be and guess what their response is when I let them know that that will be a billable activity. Oh, how can you do this? Isn't this your job? What am I paying you for? How dare you? I'm just like, fuck off. Um, okay. Does it take your time? See, yeah. yeah. And all you have to do is say, I'm going to charge you for this. If you want to go find someone else to do it for free, I'm sure. Just get it. Be upfront, man. You got to be more upfront. Then you don't do. deal with these people. Okay. All Dude, right, I cool. do. A few years ago when I was nice, I was just like, yeah, I'll take care of it for you. Now it's like, fuck off. Um, what's the next one? Uh, Christopher Anon for two bucks. Vox Day's corporate cancer. Profit by firing SJWs. Is that is that his corporate cancer? How to work with... How to work miracles that save millions by curing your company? Is this a new one? I I'm not up to speed. Yeah, on by Vox State. How to work miracles that save millions by curing your company? Um, <clears throat> yeah. So he's got. That's a, a new one. I bet you it's about 
The corporate cancer of social justice converges is costing corporations literally billions of dollars, even it drives both productive employees and lower customers away, destroys valuable brands, blah, blah. Oh, this is good. He's getting it where it hurts. I don't think corporate America is going to listen to him. Did you I, I did you ever read a lot of his stuff, Fox Day? Uh, I think I did read SJW's Always Lie. I, I read that. Uh, yeah. yeah, and that was good. And then I don't think I've read other stuff. Um, but yeah, he um, I like his stuff, but he's hard to get into. Where I'll I'll contact like, hey, I'll promote your book if you promote mine. And obviously, that's to my great advantage because he's much bigger than me on the internet. But I'm no. It'd still be worth him like, yeah, okay, I'll do that because you're going to get me a couple hundred in sales, especially if I like the book. <clears throat> but Theodore, man, he's he's real – he's not arrogant. He, I think he's just tone deaf where he's just chilling out in Italy, and he, do, he does him. And his idea of hustle and get the – I don't think – but he writes so well, I guess he doesn't really need people to, to promote his stuff. So, yeah, no, it looks like an interesting book to purchase. Not as interesting as Bachelor Pad Economics or How Not to Become uh-huh. a Millennial, of course. Those you would obviously buy and read well before any other books, right? But um, uh, it's good to see he's got a new book out. Just real quick, man, there's some people that are really hating on Miami in the chat. <laughs> doesn't sound okay. good. Well, go there first. You may not like it. Just go there and check it out. I might not. Uh, mm-hmm. Dane Lucero for three ninety nine super sticker. I thought only Aspen did those. Yeah, but <laughs> this is what happens. This is what I see. Do, guys, don't send super stickers. I can't see what it is. So I can um, see it. It's a little. Uh, what is it? It's I don't know what that is. It got a pair, a pair with the face on it, uh, bringing you some coffee, a mug of coffee. It's <laughs> okay. really hard to explain. Okay, thanks. Um, all right, Jonathan Conway for five Australian dollars. Um, how do you balance between wealth and quality of life? Um, I'm curious to your answer because I think you and I got the same problem. The the thing that comes to my mind, which I obviously set up, is you want to have a lot of patterns, so you know you do what you want. But I work too many hours, and I think you feel that way too. For what we get, right? <clears throat> the The problem is, I think you can only achieve balance when there's stability in your life and your environment. And what I mean by that is, this was not a question I could ask myself in my twenties let alone my thirties because there was not enough money. You know, there was, you always have to worry about this. You always had to worry about getting fired. You had to worry about companies going under. Um, <clears throat> it's not until you start making money and building up wealth. Do you start asking about the quality of life? Now what helps a lot with this is minimalism where you don't need that much wealth. But if you, which I think a lot of people are here disproportionate. I'm kind of curious, but I think a disproportionate amount of people here are poor or certainly disadvantaged because they majored in stupid shit or they're, on, they're, they're fighting the same uh, financial crises that millennials are facing, Gen Zers are facing. Uh, so you don't, this is an academic question to you. You got to get out of poverty or you got to pay off your student loans or you got to you know get your car traded in because you took a car loan you couldn't afford or you bought a $30,000 electric bike from Harley Davidson. Uh <clears throat> And doing that, you get used to that and accustomed to it, and it's almost frantic because that is how you survived. That, and, you, and you never know, especially if you've had a chaotic employment history like I have, you don't know when the money is ending, even if it's generated by yourself. Because, oh, Redbubble, let's say I was making 40 grand a year on Redbubble. Like, oh, my, oh, we don't like that image anymore. You know, oh, Google says, oh, we don't like what you're saying anymore. 
So there's no, it's, there's like no stability. There's always that risk that your income streams are going to go away because people are dicks and because people don't, and, and, and policy people, both in the private sector and government don't understand stability. Like if we can't guarantee people income or their private property rights, they're not going to work. They're not going to invest. Uh, so what ends up happening is when you get debt free, it's like you won the war and you don't have to keep firing your Thompson machine gun. The war is over. The Japanese have surrendered, Cappy. They're done. But if that's all you're used to for decades of your life, it's really fucking hard. And you went through something similar, and it's not too long ago, where you had to bust your ass off to get your business off the ground. Yeah. And and that's because that's what you had to do. And it is a direct connection to you eating or not eating if you don't have enough money. So it's really hard to scale that back, uh, especially if you've been in that zone for that long. Um, Do you know any people, friends or otherwise, that they never had to work for anything in their whole life because their parents were rich and they were just born already taken care of? I know several people like that. Yeah. Me too. And do you, Give me your impression of them. Do they seem well adjusted to you? No, they're, they're the two people. They they ended up getting married. They're a soy couple. Um, the girl uh, was spoiled, and she's into crystals and organic shit and all the crap. Uh, the guy is a cuck. I know. Um, what, I I know who you're talking about. I think. I don't think no. you know who I'm talking about. No, you've never. Uh, there meant- could certainly be. There could certainly be many more out there. Uh-huh. Uh huh. This is just one couple, but he came from wealth. She came from wealth. Mommy and daddy paid for everything. They both had, you know, well, he had great jobs. She was going to help the children or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're just dopes. They're suckers. Like they live, they send their kids to a shitty school because they want their kids to have diversity. And they, by the way, they're white. So the kids are white. And it's like, are you fucking nuts? Even the black kids don't want to go to the black schools. You know, They, they want to get like an education. I mean, the ones that want an education. Um, but yeah, they're, they're, they have no risk assessment. Um, they're not that intellectual. They're not that interesting. And the, the woman, obviously, because the guy has a, a real profession, she's all about her crystals and her helping the children with organic diets and what other mindless people do because they don't want to work a, a real thing or, or, or challenge their mind. Uh, but no, well, people who are born into it are usually weak, unaware, yeah. and they have no idea of the risks or the threats uh, that, that face them. But. They, I know a few people like this, including an ex-girlfriend of mine who I still visit now and then. Mm-hmm. They, they, when you're handed everything and you don't have to work for anything, I, I just feel like it really fucks with your personality where people don't really want to be around you. You, know? you don't, you don't value what's valuable. You don't value the time. That's what, yeah. what you're talking about. Time and sacrifice is very important. So if you had work the entire week and you had your weekend, you really appreciate the weekend. Yeah. Uh, but if you've had it handed to you, like, oh, why can't you, like, I remember one thing that I'd never be able to do, but it would be a luxury. I know now as I'm older, there's no way I do it, but spring break, I was like, holy shit, that must be a big rocking party. And now I'm like, that would have fucking sucked. But at the time I couldn't afford it. But if you're Tilly and dad pays for it every year, you're just bored with it. You know, you really don't appreciate it. Like, you know, Oh my God, I'm going to spring break. Uh, but now, and this is going to affect 
a lot of people that listen and a lot of people in this alternative world where we don't listen to lies and we like, what's the harsh reality? You're probably going to get to the point where you're a minimalist, you make enough money and you got to turn it off or at least scale it down because you will piss away the rest of your life working way too hard, not enjoying it. And Mm -hmm. you almost have to relearn what having fun is like and in an adult context because you don't want to play, I don't know, jacks with little kids. You want to do something else. And then the other problem you're going to face is there's not enough people to have a social life. Yeah. Um, that where a lot of times, I don't know, this probably happens to you, Chad. A lot, you know what? Usually the best thing for me to do after a long day of work is just chill. No. And not, let's say I do that for 30 minutes to an hour. What do I do then? Oh, I mean, you can play video games, socialize. Uh... I can't socialize. There's no so. I'll say I play video oh, games. Oh, okay? I, see what, I see what you're saying. Yeah. What inevitably usually happens, like right before I go to bed or in that twilight era where I've done my work, then I went out for my run or whatever else. Hmm. Usually the, usually the best expenditure of your time is to do some more work. Oh, I got That's you. usually what, because yeah. like, well, I get... I, I'd play my video games. I'm not that excited about video games. <clears throat> no one's out. Can't do anything because of coronavirus. I, I literally, I, I, you know what? I could bang out an asshole consultant uh, consultation or two. I could write another post. Um, and that is, that drains, that is a bad place to be in. And that's where like, you know, now I'm thinking like, yeah, I'm hopping on the bike or I'm getting out of here uh, to do something. I don't know about you, but I mean, you, you kind of push yourself during busy season and you're, you're cooped up in Chicago. You're not happy, obviously not. This, this year sucks for a number of reasons, but just, you know, my personal situation, what I'm going through right now, I give it 110%, you know, from mid January to mid April. The reason I'm able to do that is because I know that, you know, late April, May and into June, I get my life back. I can chill, you know, I can better. That's not happening this year because they extended the filing deadline. So instead of it just being, you know, one big rush and then I'm done, it's like drip, 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 drip. And I'll be blunt. I'm really struggling with this. So I'm going to have to find a way to just shut people out for a week or two and get some time for me. It's how many super chests do we have? Because this is germane to this topic, actually, this article I desperately wanted to read. But uh, how much how much have we got for super chests? Oh, oh, here, I'll check. Um, after that, we have, well, a retracted one. One, two, three, three after that, after the one we're working All on. All right, let's, let's right bang now. out this article so I don't forget this. Uh, this is from LinkedIn, <clears throat> written by uh, Vaughn Cordell. And this is why you should go to LinkedIn, because this is the type of article I read. Uh, Pandemic 2020, layoff-related death exceed COVID-19 deaths by 141%. Oh, Yeah. Uh, refining our research thus far, we have determined that the COVID-19 mortality, death, and case fatalities rates are significantly lower than experts and policymakers currently believe. All right. So they're doing their own research. Uh, this is turning out to be a huge nothing burger. I'm believing their numbers over whatever global warming model they co-opted to predict uh, COVID uh, deaths. <clears throat> so they're doing their own numbers. This guy's a CFA, by the way, which is a financial guy. We have estimated the economic costs for various lockdown lockdown timelines and when the recovery can be phased in. The point where layoff-related deaths exceed COVID-19 lives saved is when we need to consider whether going on will be costlier than going back. So what they're doing is comparing like, okay, there's costs 
with shutting down the fucking economy. Stress-related wow. deaths, strokes, heart attacks, suicides. D those divorce. are <clears throat> divorce that can lead to uh, death, and they're apparently just focusing on deaths. But I don't know if you guys remember um, back at, during the, the the depths of the housing crisis, all these uh, contractors and carpenters and home builders bumping themselves off because they had empires that seemed to be worth millions of dollars, and then they had to file for bankruptcy. Uh, so he was talking here. We estimate an average household burden of 33000 and 27000 per employee due to the $4.3 trillion cost to save COVID-19-related lives. The shorter the duration of the lockdown, the longer the cost and debt burden of men and women who make our country great. This debt includes $3.8 trillion in deficit spending and $27 trillion in public debt, which either separately or combined will result in higher taxes, reduce social spending, lower gro job growth, GDP, and living standards. Sounds like one hell of a model in a study they did here. Yeah. <clears throat> numbers are central tended numbers are central tendency estimates which likely will not match actual results however they are more than sufficient to make our trade-off argument that covid lives saved should not be exceeded by the lives ruined and lives lost amen you know what they probably didn't throw in here What's that? life expectancy because the, all the people getting bumped up by covid weren't going to live that long anyway and if we're to do total human years saved it, it probably even throw this in it, like by by a, f a factor of ten, <clears throat> uh, but the cost in human lives must also be considered. On April twentieth, University of Washington professor Ali Mokdad said the United States has already passed the peak in terms of its daily Corona nineteen related deaths. The IMHE modelers recently revised projected coronavirus related deaths down sharply. Estimating 63,000, I'm sorry, 60,300 coronavirus-related deaths by early August. The White House mm -hmm. had previously said there might be between 100 and 240,000 coronavirus-related deaths, even if most people followed strict social distancing guidelines. Using our estimates, a 31% increase in unemployment with a lockdown extended through May will result in a doubling of drug overdoses, 69,000. An additional 15,137 suicides. Together, these account for 84,872 layoff-related deaths in addition to the case base case estimate of 63,000 coronavirus deaths predicted by the IMHE. So it's 40%. I only said 140%, but it's 40% higher mm -hmm. deaths due to keeping this fucking economy shut down and keeping people cooped. And that's deaths. That's not depression. That's not lower life expectancy. That's not, um, you know, uh, lives destroyed and everything. Uh, according to data from the National Bureau of Economic Re Research and The Lancet, a medical journal, every 1% hike in unemployment will likely produce a 3.3% increase in drug overdose deaths and a 0.99% increase in suicides. For the mm -hmm. year ending February 2019, 69,000 people died of drug overdoses, almost 7 out of 10 as a result of opioids. Suicide, the 10th leading cause of death in the United States, account for 43,000 deaths, more than twice the number of homicides. Lockdown-related deaths will likely exceed the base case number of COVID-19 deaths by 141%, and this offsets 60% of the highest estimate of 140,000 predicted by IMHE researchers. <clears throat> booty boo, booty boo. So basically, now this uh, quarantine is doing more harm than good uh, based on their model and their estimates. 
Mm-hmm. And that's just deaths. This has nothing to do with your finances, the stress you're dealing with, anything like it's just deaths. Like the most worst outcome ever is your deaths. Yeah. So, <clears throat> so that's why I'm thinking you should get your ass to Miami and I need to get out. Not that I'm going to bump myself off anytime soon, but I am, I am getting really, really pissed off. Uh, I can and imagine. Angry. Yeah, no, it's just, and there's nothing to get pissed off or angry at. It's just, you know, it's just the situation. And so I, if anything, just to see a different environment, just to, you know, go do something else. Well, right. uh, Dane Lucero for 1999. McAllen, 18-sherry cask, 340 bucks versus Balvini, 14-sherry cask, 130 bucks versus Dalmore's Cigar Malt, 220 bucks. Thoughts? I go for a bottle of Balvini, 14 at 130 yeah, man. I mean, Dane, unless you're really into scotch, I would not be dropping. I wouldn't even drop that much money on a bottle of booze, That's frankly, because you, you'd you have to really, really, really like it. Um, my favorite scotch is Lafroig 10, um, but it took years of sampling different scotches to figure out that one scotch. What I'd do is I'd just go and get the, go get some samples, um, get a, what do you call them? Flasks, right? Or flights, flights, get a flight. Flight. Get a flight of <clears throat> different scotches. Try some of the Japanese scotches as well. They've produced some amazing scotches. And then when you find one that's truly outstanding, then spend your money on that one. But I wouldn't I wouldn't spend $130 on the Balvin. Balvin is good, but I wouldn't spend $130 bucks on it. It's certainly not $340 for yeah. a McAllen. <laughs> you were not much of a scotch drinker, were you? No, not really, but I can appreciate the uh, tastings. There's the occasional tasting around here. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, Count Ducula for four ninety nine. Is there a cheaper alternative to Moab in Utah that offers just as much hiking? Also, Cappy, do you ever come to California to hike? <laughs> California. Uh, no, I don't. I don't really go to California. Yeah, uh, at, the, the only person I visit in California, pretty much now, although there's a couple of people in San Diego, uh, is Atham. and. Mm-hmm. But I'll I'll go visit uh, Michael Kingswood in San Diego. Um, I got two people that live in Del Mar. Maybe I'll go visit them. One of my uh, better buddies in uh, California moved up to Salem. Uh, so again, if you're ever in Portland, let me know. Maybe we we all go out there. So I don't I do a be, lot of hiking. Yeah, I'll be in Portland. Um, uh, but then alternatives. Zion is is a really great park. It's not as big, and it depends what you want. Moab is canyons it's beautiful just amazing but if you're okay with the mountains go to the Ucampagre mountains between durango and silverton or durango and ure colorado those are just regular mountains i mean if 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 you need the canyons you're not going to find any canyons better than that even the grand canyon i don't think is as good as Canyonlands. um but if you're willing to do mountains oh yeah i mean glacier national park you get lost there forever um not my favorite uh, Rocky Mountain, not as dramatic, not my favorite. Uh, the Cascades alone, the Cascades are beautiful. You don't even have to go to a national park. Ask ask TJ when I crashed with him for a week. There are plenty of trails just in the national. National forests are different than national parks. They're just as pretty. You just don't have to pay for them. Um, but, I mean, if you're going to do Moab, I'd get a tent maybe. If you can do that, you don't have to pay for lodging. But, yeah, man, Moab is... Moab is really pricey. With that, or you get a hotel in Green River and drive the 
40 miles every day into Moab uh, to do your hiking. But that's, yeah, Moab's tough, very pricey. Like I remember it was $300 on average for a hotel room per night. Mm. Yeah, it was, it was pricey. All right. What's next? Um, was that the last one? No, oh, we got a couple um, more. Mondo Jr. for five bucks. What is your opinion on accounting careers in government? I want to apply for the IRS state in my city once I graduate. Do you recommend that route? Uh, um, I. It helped me because I knew that if I worked for the IRS, I would gain all this knowledge and I could use that and then market myself as somebody who was on the inside. Hmm. I mean, it's it's stable. Uh, your salary, it won't rise as high as it would in the private sector, but you also can't get fired. There's good benefits. It's just really boring. Like It's like going on a merry-go-round instead of a roller coaster. Um, <laughs> yeah. That's the well, only way. Well, wait. So what? Being, being a tax accountant is a roller coaster? I at mean, least, at least you get some ups and downs, you know, getting the big paycheck or pay you know you, you yeah. gotta pay you know it's more interesting it's more stressful i did the government thing for the first six years of my career and i just can't imagine going back there it's so stale you know well, it's, it's government work and you're in the ir oh, I, shock working for the irs is boring who knew who who knew i that's why it's it's actually hard to answer his question because it just depends on what you do you value stability more than you value the opportunity to earn more money and to have a more exciting experience. Um, I just wouldn't work for the government again. Hey, yeah. <laughs> uh, Kilroy. Kilroy was here, $5. I know a girl who had everything handed to her and was raised by a rich family. She is a see you next Tuesday with near crippling anxiety. Yeah. Me too. Me too. And you know what really gets me about the one I'm talking about? I just mm -hmm. cannot... She's so fucking cheap. It's like she's got all the money in the world, but you, you get, you know, you go out to a bar. She ain't buying any rounds, you know? Ugh. There, it's, there's a sad consequence. I think the biggest consequence of the riches that capitalism brings and the wealth that capitalism brings is it just ruins people, ruins them. And I don't, I thought people would figure that out. Like rich people would, and some have like Warren Buffett isn't giving his kids shit. I right. think Bill Gates, Bill Gates. And his kids. Yeah, yeah. Um, maybe here's a little bit of money, but no, you're you're gonna work your own your way through life. Uh, and you think that rich people would figure that out and like not give their kids money. But man, I know one in particular just spoiling his children and grandchildren rotten, and you could see them. The the grandchildren are dumber than fuck. They're good, they're good, they're gonna be worthless human beings. And not only in terms of economic productive capacity, they're not going to be able to interact or fall in love with or form healthy relationships with other human beings. So I don't know what the fuck you do. So maybe mm -hmm. it's no surprise they all go on drugs and, and, and OD after a while. Yeah. I just like some people are like, I wish I was raised this way. And I have to say, no, no I mean, no, I wish I had a little bit more money for food. <laughs> I mean, that's, I, yeah, I could probably still learn the lessons without being malnourished, but I, but yeah, I mean, it, but I could see things just like perfectly clear and it, it's a formula now. It's like, oh, you, you know, the Clary test is in part that did you work? No. 
and did or did you come from a wealthy family and did you major in stupid shit? Those two things I can pretty much be within a 95% confidence interval. No, I don't want to have anything to do with you and you're going to offer nothing of value to me because you're not capable of it. You're, you're an adult resource sponge. You're just not capable of working. And uh, just real quick, this one girl I'm telling you about, we had a kind of heart to heart one time and she's just kind of like, I think everybody who gets with me is trying to use me for my money. So it's a terrible, <laughs> terrible way to live. Terrible. You know, you know how you solve that? <laughs> how? You don't tell anyone you have money. The yeah. Prince and Paul thing? Like, like, look, hey, here's a general rule for everybody, but anyone who's worried about people like you for your money, you don't tell them you have it. Here's the rub. Uh-huh. Like, I, I met her when I was living in New York City. She lived in a fucking tall, you know, impeccable condo that okay, yeah, that, that uh, overlooks that overlooks Central Park. I'm well, like, you know, <laughs> you can't really hide how much you're worth at that point. I here's another example, perfect example of where it's like otherwise intelligent people not figuring it out. I had a client who was a very well-off dude. A very well-off dude. Not only mm. was his profession very well off, he ended up getting employed to manage a profession. I mean, this guy, you know, the top 1%. And he had a swank piece of property that looked over a swank view. And he had, I think it was one of those old 1929, 1930s gangster cars without the top, like in pristine (laughs) condition. And he had a fancy, all these girls are really hot, but none of them seem to like me after they all want me to buy things from them. I'm like, well, no fucking shit. You think? You're a bleeping bleep, and you bleep this on the side, and you have this effing place looking over this effing view, and you got all this, like, get. I, and I this, you're this type of person that works in that industry, so if you could still talk about work and something slips, it's all right, but you're not a high-level dude like you are right now. You're this low-ranked dude, Get rid of your place right now. You go find a much more humble place that's in a nice part of town. If you really like that park car, put it in F in storage and you never let these girls know you got the money. <clears throat> and it solved this problem. Solved the problem. But yeah, guys, you never tell anyone, male or female, that you got money. Never. Oh. Uh, Chris, Chris Puckett for $4.99. South Miami Beach condo and location independent business. Trust me on this. Um, okay, I'll I'll check it out. I, I'm still not able to be completely location independent, but you know, I'm not familiar with Miami at all either, so I don't know if uh, I, I presume South Miami Beach is nice. I guess it's, yeah. it's nice. Yeah, let's get that there. Um, what was next? Uh, Steve H with no message. Oh, okay. He has something under it. Oh, below it? Oh. Yeah. He says, what source were you referencing when you were talking about the deaths that will result from this economic shutdown? Can you link it to us in the chat? I I just closed it out. It's a LinkedIn article by a CFA. I forget his name. Uh, But if you looked in LinkedIn article COVID, you know, keyword search and text string search, you, you should be able to find it. Um. But I'll tell you right now, he's using a model. They're running their own model. Uh, it could be just as wrong as the COVID-19 models and the global warming models. He's just saying, look, we got this model, and you know, based on some historical data, um, if, if we keep this 
economy closed over May. We're going to kill more people due to stress and strife and struggle than COVID's going to kill. That's just th- that's the takeaway from that article. And I'm sure they probably have a link to their to their model and their assumptions. Um, but I I have no reason not to assume. I I, I, I don't know why he'd have an incentive uh, to to bias the data. Unlike global warming people, it's like we have to have this showing it warming, otherwise we lose our funding. This guy doesn't get funding for this. So we got extended, of course, to the end of May for our shutdown. Did they do that in Minnesota? No, uh, ours goes to May 5th. And even oh. if it is raised, which would be cool, we can go to dinner or whatever. I I, I just need to get out of Minnesota. I just need mm. to like go see something different. Even if it's just for, like three days, you know, just to like, oh, oh hey, a mountain. You know, oh. Yeah. Hey, DT and, and his wife. Hi, guys. <laughs> Let's watch TV. No. <laughs> Over at theblackbrigade.org and his channel, which I'll do. We'll get the sponsors here in a bit uh, later. He's been occasionally streaming at the same time that you are. So it's like, yeah. how do we decide who to listen to? <laughs> well, you can you can tune into one and then you can tune into the other. The, the, yeah. It's there. The, the it's audio there. is there. It's not going anywhere. If you want to uh, give me super chats, give it to me. Because if I have to recall, remember correctly how DT wanted no donations and didn't want oh, to yeah. Just pointing that out. You want to help out a real capitalist. That's uh the Stefan Molyneux route. Um yes. uh Dane, dude, thanks for these. These are great. Uh, Dane, Dane is Lucero. incredibly generous. He dude, yeah. he donated 120 bucks one time. Really? In this yeah. in one yeah, in one thing he donated a bunch more on top of it. Wow. Yeah, because you see the charts on Super Chat. So we've been really good. All of a sudden, it's like, oh, yeah, there's Dane. And then <laughs> it went up. It's pretty sweet. Um, he, I was just asking your preference. I'm a collector. Oh. I bought six barrels of whiskey this year. Oh, well, oh, that makes sense. Okay, yeah. yeah, that makes sense. Um, yeah. So he is a connoisseur. I, I don't know. Uh, I what, Unless it's a really peaty. Like Lagouvelin has won, if I pronounce it correctly, and Lefroy 10, I I don't really discern or delineate. McCallum would be fine enough for me. And here's another thing, Dane, who are you gonna sell it to? Like who if you're not gonna drink it, I would not expect people to have such high and fasty fancy taste. They would not be able to delineate between a, a three hundred forty dollar bottle of scotch and a hundred forty dollar bottle of scotch. Um I know some I mean, people No, go yeah. ahead, sir. Well, I, I don't know anyone who has that refined of a palate unless they are totally into scotch. And if he's just buying this for investing purposes to sell later, um, I, I'd say the cheap stuff is cheap. <laughs> the cheap stuff is fine. I was going to say, I don't know who anybody who does with scotch, but I know a few people who obsessively try to get the best wines, and some of them are very, very expensive, some mm-hmm. of these bottles. Yeah, um, not that big one guy. Uh, Noah Acosta for two bucks. How was Louisiana? Did you go to any parks? Do they have parks down there? They got parks, but we didn't go there. Uh, we we drove down onto the bayou uh, and just chilled on a at a pork bar restaurant thing where you could get boats and people were coming in and out of the bayou out into the ocean or the Gulf, I should say, and just chilled out. That's all we did. Then we ate uh, really bad food. Huh. Uh, I sober cabbed, uh, and then we went to the artist quarter. And that was all right, but it, it, it was. But I didn't go to any parks. Um, what I do know, geographically speaking, like that southern Mississippi Delta area, like Louisiana, Mississippi, Alabama, 
it's swampy, uh, a little bit of hills and some forest with not that wide of trees. Um, not not that exciting of an area. Um, yeah, so I, that's like the last place I'd go hiking. It's okay, swamp. take a minute. Kansas would be the last place I'd go Kansas. hiking. Yeah, yeah, okay, but or Nebraska, but well, and even Nebraska's got some stuff along the river. Um, oh, you're going to say yeah. Florida. I mean, that has the lowest yeah. high point of the entire country. Right, right. Uh, let me get through some sponsors real quick here. Speaking of Louisiana, Adam Pickett, go to pushingrubberdownhill.com. Check out his site, which also includes a podcast and a book by the same name, Pushing Rubber Downhill. The book is an absolute must. If you're bored and looking for something to do, go get pushingrubberdownhill.com. I'm sorry, get the book, and then go to a site, pushingrubberdownhill.com. Um, great. Um, I normally don't like giving compliments or like, oh, for this group of people, he's really good, but he is one of the best uh, homosexual authors out there. Um, he is, you know, uh, not to say, oh, well, he's the best left-handed guitar player with a blue guitar, but for a, for a gay writer, he's a really great author. He's, he's really great. <laughs> Just want to point that out. Uh, <laughs> right now he's like, ah, fuck you, mate. <laughs> uh, academiccomposition.com. You've met Alexi, right? Do you meet oh, him one time? Not in, wait, I no, I did not. You haven't. Okay, I never yeah. met. Academiccomposition.com to academiccomposition.com. If you want somebody to write your papers for you, which is kind of rounding up, kind of going to finish school here next couple months. And it's all done online. And also, since it's all done online, if you're looking for some kind of job to either write papers or uh, do marketing, he, he's always looking to hire people. Just tell him that Cappy sent you. That's academiccomposition.com. Non-communist science fiction, go to noncommunistsciencefiction.com and get Michael Kingswood's books because – Chad, do you like science fiction? I like watching science fiction. Okay. Yeah. Do you hate communism? Oh, is that a real question? Well, then have I got the site for you, uh, Mr. Elkins. It's called Non-Communist Science Fiction because I'm sure there's some conservatives who aren't all about the Gene Roddenberry, oh, let's make everything free and kumbaya and have some cheese plate. Okay, Star whatever Trek. Star Trek was about. Yeah. All right. Oh, here comes the Borg. I hope they bring great cheese. Um, <clears throat> he he's. It's not that he's either bringing politics into his books he's not it's just it's not going to be communist or you know or the great one will review some books where there's science fiction but they're written by women and there's always a strong lesbian character and she's a hero and and it's all about feelings and emotions like isn't there a war against the spider race going on like shouldn't you be killing spider people right now and it's all this self-indulgent slop the authors write about themselves like oh it's horrible uh here is the black brigade's youtube channel <clears throat> putting it in the chat room now um, and then another book, The Science of Mastering Written, uh, Mastering Women, written by Linda Gross, putting that in the chat room right there. Now, that has a fair amount of reviews, and it's very highly reviewed. Uh, so this, this is some one-off fly-off book. Um, I'm also going to shout out uh, to TFM. You ever listen to the Turd Flinging Monkey show? Um, I do. Um, not as much as I used to. D do you? I, I listen to it pretty regularly because I need something to listen to. And I love mm -hmm. his philosophy and economic analysis. I cannot disagree with him more about the sex uh, toy or not sex toy, the sex robots yeah. and the and the taking women's rights away. Um, but uh, he's, he's about as dry and cynical about society as I am.
but he still manages to to have some fun. But he's got a book out called uh, 13 Rules: How Not to Become a Fucking Cuck on Amazon. <laughs> I just did a review of it. It's it's not bad. It's a good intro book. But then, like the last two or three chapters, it's about taking women's rights away and sex robots. I'm like, why did you throw uh, that in there? It doesn't need to be in here. <clears throat> this is not this is not an introduction. You know, so it is, but then it's like you're gonna everything you built up and you wrote on that people are going, whoa, what did I just buy here? It's like, all right, never mind. Uh, so that's that book there. Uh, if you're looking for computers for sale, I'm gonna post the link in there now. Go visit our buddy at Jungle Motorsports. The computers are old, they're used, they're not fancy, they're not meant for high-end gaming. They're gonna be between $150 to $200. No, he doesn't do IT support. No, they don't come with, with office. No, they don't come with a monitor. You buy the computer, he mails it to you, and then you shut the fuck up and you don't ask him any more questions. Unless there's something actually wrong with the computer, okay? Like it doesn't boot up and there's something wrong, okay. But don't ask him, how do I plug in a monitor? Don't ask him, well, how do I install? A-? He is not tech support. He is not, you don't go to Best Buy to ask him those questions. You just buy the computer like, oh, shit, I better figure this out on the internet my own. <clears throat> so there's a computers there. If you'd like to help out the show, go to olderbrother.com slash donate. I'll just copy and put this in the show here too. And then you can uh, uh, become a patron member. You can donate through PayPal or you could go through my Amazon affiliate program. The best way, though, is to to buy my books. Uh, people were confused. I'd still get a kickback on this. I am still entitled to a percentage of the royalties. Can't believe everyone's like, why do you keep promoting it? Because I make money off of it. That's why I do anything. You guys think I'm friends with Chad because I like to be? His parents <laughs> pay me gobs of money to hang out with them. <clears throat> and I do your taxes. And you do my taxes. Anyway, so yes, I get a cut from this. I wouldn't. You always want some on the back end. And you know what's great about Vince? What? He's old. Yeah. Why is that great? So what happens? Um, he actually is reliable. Is the one I can Well, that's true. Or... Yeah. <clears throat> that's true. What happens to old people inevitably before young people? Well, they become conservative. And when they get really old, what happens? Uh... Happens to uh, all um, of us. It happens when we're as old as we're going to ever be. What happens? We die. We die. And then <laughs> guess where the rights revert back to? Uh, your next of kin. Me. Well, if I'm uh, dead, well, then I go back to, oh, and people all ask me, why'd you do it? That, that, that. It's like, what? do I have to be like art of the deal? Do I got to explain things to you like Donald Trump? So anyway, hmm. and then if you're very depressed and sad, maybe I should read my own book. Get enjoy the decline and reach enjoy the that. decline. What's your favorite book of mine, Chad? Well, the first one I ever read was actually Enjoy the Decline. So okay. I think I'm interested. I think I'm I'm going to go with that one. Bachelor Pad really? Economics is good. Yeah, yeah. Did you read I'm, Curse I'm, of the High I'm, IQ at all or no? I I did. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I thought that would be your favorite. No, it's good. Uh-huh. Um, right. I'm just sort of attached to the very first one I read, and that was mm-hmm. Enjoy the Decline. Right. Well, not my book, but he pays me to promote it. The Pence Principle. And I do endorse it. Yeah. I guess that's a way to put it. Not only do I promote it, but I also endorse it. Short read. Very simple, guys. Paperback, Kindle, audiobook. Spend the 10 or 15 bucks, whatever it costs. And learn how to protect yourself against future accusations. 
Oh, you're killing me, dude. That shit's contagious. <laughs> and I got some good sleep today, too. Um, yeah, just don't don't have what happened to Brett Kavanaugh happen to you, okay? Yeah. Don't <clears throat> don't get falsely accused of rape, which happens now, guys, okay? It does happen, and you really need to be on your guard. It's like, hey, be careful about catching herpes. You know, what are the chances? Not that high. Well, actually, they are that high because I did the statistics and data for how not to become a millennial. But, you know, what are the chances of getting blown up in a terrorist attack? Very low. But maybe you shouldn't wander around with the U.S. flag shirt in downtown Baghdad. You know, <laughs> just some common sense things to protect you in your future. <clears throat> and I think that's it for the sponsors. That's all we got. Uh, why don't you promote your stuff while we're here, and then we'll go on to some other we got a couple more super couple chats, more super and chats, I got yeah. our article, and then we can we can probably call it a day here. Um, well, you, my website is elkinscpa.com, and my dad and I, we write a tax guide every year. It's called the Elkins Comprehensive Tax Guide. That's on Amazon. Um, we I got to talk to him. This may be the last year we do that, but... Um, You've gotten there. two curveballs thrown at you, the Trump tax plan, yeah. and then now this corona thing. I mean, boy, you, you couldn't see those coming, but... Like first it was tax reform a couple of years ago that was just I mean there was a lot of shit that changed and now all of this stuff at least we found out and it's official your stimulus whoever got the stimulus that is not going to be taxed by the government it's just okay. it's tax free we weren't sure about that right well I I could see it like they say oh yeah and I'll give us some of it back it's like well just why even go through the transaction just lower the amount by yeah. taxes pay us that so they don't have to fucking dick with it later on. Right. Well, there was talk they were going to do that, but fortunately, somebody said, "All right, they're not." I bet you it was Trump. I bet you Trump came and says, "No, no, nah, give him the money." Well, he put his name on the check. Yeah, did um, he? He did. Yeah, people are getting <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> of course, it drove the other side in. Oh, I know. Good. Oh, god. <laughs> I know people don't like him, and I, I'm not a big fan of him. But God, he knows how to play the fucking left like a piano. Oh, that's great. He really does, man. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, what else? There's something. God, I keep thinking I'm missing something. Sponsors. All right, let's see. Um, uh, I did sponsors. We did the Black Brigade. We did everybody. Let me go to my other sponsor. Oh, here it is. Uh, <clears throat> Bob's Basics. Or, I'm sorry, Bunker Basics. Bunkerbasics.com. I go to Bunkerbasics.com, and it's written by Bunker Bob. And he wrote this. So I wanted to read it in his own word. Bob discusses how preparedness is insurance against the risk of disaster. He discusses how you can become more self-reliant when knowing the government is prone to making massive miscalculations. Bob shares the tenets of, prep, of prepping, income diversification, frugality, skill development, risk management, and more. On Bunker Basics, you're not getting a rant from a guy in his mom's basement. You're getting actionable steps you can take to better prepare yourself for a shit hits the fan event like the coronavirus pandemic. Um, so there you go. Uh, bunkerbasics.com. And he's got a good entrepreneurial idea because, or, or mind, because I promote him. Guess what he's going to do? He's going to promote you too. Did we have to give each other money? No. No, we're just helping each other out. Therefore, we don't have to pay taxes on a transaction that didn't happen. You've seen my office, right? You've been to it. Um, I like your office. There should be a film noir detective story <laughs> from it. All 150 square feet. Um, there is a brand new, I was there last week, I stopped by, and I'm actually going today. There's a brand new masseuse just down the hall. Mm -hmm. Does her masseuses, her massages there. Mm -hmm. uh, 
we already figured it out. Uh, I'm going to do her taxes. She's going to give me some massages. Good, good. There you go. No money exchange. Can't tax it. I love it when that happens. Well, I get a kick like you're supposed to report the value of barter. It's like, dude, I Please. wish people bartered that much that there's enough value yeah. that's taxable. Like that would actually indicate people are doing something. It's like you got to pull teeth. Like, you know, no, no pun intended. Like you could do so a doctor or dentist taxes and a dentist could do your teeth. Like, hello. It's like, oh, I don't know about that. It's like, fine. Just pay the fucking taxes. So beautiful. I love uh. barter. My favorite is when, and, and and they're right, but it's like, well, you have this amount of traffic, but I have a little bit more. Now, if we prorate it, you should scratch my back three times. But it's like, do you want this fucking or not? Wait, I understand. Okay, fine. I'll do. I'll promote you three times to your one. All right, fine. On that note, and mm -hmm. I, I don't think you said this. Are you still kind of uh, promoting Better Bachelor at all? Or did you go? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I should yeah. mention Better Bachelor. Yeah, Better Bachelor. Great. If you guys are looking for a podcast, listen to Better Bachelor. So <clears throat> he, um, I when I huge binge on him and then I uh, I stopped, uh, kind of let him build back up. And then when I go mm. for a hike or whatever, I'll just binge on it again. Maybe when I'm driving across the country. Mm. Maybe he'll, him and uh, O'Shea Jackson will be the ones I binge on road trips. Because the last time I binged on Better Bachelor was when I was walking from the Southern Command to the bus to the airport. And I just, like, his are only like 10 to 20 minutes. I, I think I got through 10 of them, you know, easily. Yeah. By the time I, I used to do that with CRP, but he's not posting much. Is CRP, did Coach Red Pill retire or something? Or I, You know, he got, from what I understand, he got stranded somewhere else uh, when this freaking pandemic hit. And so oh. I've only seen... Yeah, he's only releasing like a video every couple weeks or something, whereas he used to do a ton of them. Yeah, so he's not as a recording studio then. I think that's what's going on. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And and <clears throat> I I like Coach Red Pill. I have some reservations, but um he he his his what I like most about him is the the professional audio and video quality. Oh yeah. Like he put a lot of time and effort into it. And when he doesn't got that, it's like, oh shit, yeah, what does he do? Because he, he's going to have to edit it himself. He doesn't have his cameras and um, the effect he wants to go. Whereas here, we don't give a shit about aesthetics. Like, hey, <laughs> how's it going? Record. We're live now. <laughs> Hair's looking pretty good. No. <laughs> All right. I think we got one more super chat. We got a couple more. Okay. Um, so my we got Danes, right? Do we read that? or Whiskey Vault. Oh, no, I didn't. I thought... Oh, he gave us another one. Yeah, he gave us another one. Oh, okay. Dude, you're I, I awesome. Just, uh, He's awesome. Yeah, thanks, Dane. Uh, 1999. It's mm -hmm. for my whiskey vault addition to my house with room poker and walk-in humid uh, humidor. I just put in my ventilation system oh. so I can smoke inside when it's cold and on my pouch on nice nights. Man, Porch. he's living the dream. Man, he's got he's putting in a ventilation. Yeah, I uh that's one thing I'm looking forward to when I move out to South Dakota is smoking cigars on my patio. And I'm thinking about getting a three seasons gazebo yeah. with maybe a wood burning stove and then and then having that off the main house, but he's got one with a poker room. Oh, oh. I have a I have a suggestion that my sister and brother in law did. Uh hot tubs are pretty fucking cool if you can put one in the backyard. I will I have a jacuzzi plan for uh the Clary yeah. compound. 
Yep. Yep. Because yeah. they're they're a lot easier to use than pools. I'll tell you that. Pools right. are a real pain in the ass. Not as much maintenance, you know. Nowhere sure. near as much maintenance. Yeah. And I don't swim in a cold pool. I don't like cold water. So I buy Wilson a hot warm jacuzzi. Mm. And uh, enjoy that. All right. So there's that one. All right. Now we're on to D Lawn, right? Yeah. D Lawn 212 for two bucks. You guys start too early. It's 11 a.m. So you're in our time zone. <laughs> yeah. But here's, here's the thing. I won't lie. Um, one of the main reasons I did this, I didn't start. Well, this is the older brother podcast, but um, the morning, like where I did the Good Morning Corona channel, I do my morning podcast. It's just to have something fucking to do. It's just this daily constitutional where I get in, I wake up, I, I, I talk, interact with the people, and I love and appreciate uh, all you guys who make donations and help out. But I also very much appreciate the fact that there's a group of people out there and we get to chit chat and they listen to my garbage. And, um, you know, it's something to do because otherwise it's I go talk to the little nieces or the GF, which, again, love her dearly, but she's female. You need some guys. You need some locker room. <clears throat> and my cigar lounge is closed and the bars are closed. And uh, I mean, there's. This is it. I mean, you've even seen the masculine geeks. Oh, I got to promote them. That's who I was. <laughs> masculine geeks right there. It's right at the top. Masculine geek. Go to masculinegeek.com or search masculine geeks on YouTube, but they're doing the same thing. They're producing a lot more podcasts and usually on a, on a whim because the main hosts, Vince, TJ and Rob just got to get together and talk. And I don't, I don't blame them one bit, not one, one bit at all. One thing I'm going to give you props for, because I've really struggled with this during this whole thing. Right. I Some days I'll get up at 8. Other days I'll get up at 11. Like, you seem to be pretty consistently doing these, what, like 9, 9.30? Yeah, 9, 9.30, because I'm getting up at about 7 or 8. Yeah. And I'll even go for a walk to the coffee store to get the, the GF some coffee. It's just to, just to get – but it's the same – same route, you know, the same this, the same that. and um, But at least you're keeping a consistent schedule, and that's what I'm having yeah. some trouble doing. So Yeah, no, you need, you need, to, you need to do that. And I had, <laughs> I had somebody, oh, she's a looker. She's a looker. This is one of the, she's a, gen, she's a <clears throat> millennial girl, just a sweet, beautiful woman, and, and so rare. But um, like me, she, she's always tempted by the booze and she's got an IQ of 140 and she cannot, like none of her friends want to do anything and it's crippling her. It's really, uh, and so she, she hit the booze uh, as, as her thing, but she texted me and she says, Hey, you know what you should consider? What? You, you recommended it. Of uh, what? What did Marijuana. She she's like, no hangovers, oh. this and that. And I'm like, oh. yeah, I, I mean, I don't know. I don't know if that would mesh well with you, honestly. I don't know if it would either because I don't want to be a pothead. You know, I already look, I'm already a dope enough if I get drunk enough. Uh, a pothead, it's almost like you immediately become an idiot. Yeah, uh, it's and- really easy. I, I've noticed I'm not really doing this like anymore. When you're smoking marijuana or ingesting marijuana regularly, it's very easy to just let all kinds of things slide, your workouts, you know, your sleep schedule. And pretty soon uh, you're planning your day around doing it. That's when I was like, nope, yeah. I'm not going to do this. No, I, I don't want to. I don't want to. Shoot, I remember when I would go and get hammered and have a hangover. You're worthless for the next two days. Yeah. You're worthless. You can't get no work done. Um, And that that was always what I'm like, nope, I got to get my walk in. I got to do this. I got to do something. And then you feel like shit on top of it. 
Yep. And you can't wait to get back to normal, which is this quasi-depressed state of, well, there's nothing to do. <laughs> <laughs> this, this is the pinnacle. This is the best you're going to feel. Yay. <laughs> oh. Uh, well, that's a cool name. Poo Poo on Western Society for $2. The communists didn't kill millions of people. The communists. The communists. Um, Oh, they didn't kill millions of people. No, they killed tens of millions of people. Right. Yeah. And do we want to include war or peacetime numbers? Do we? <laughs> they kill in their sleep. They literally kill in their sleep. Gosh. And then if they really want to kill, like, let's say you're an idiot. Well, that's just Russians in general. Like you're an idiot and you invade them during winter, like two idiots try to do. Uh, it doesn't work out too well. They will come hunt you down and they or- will fuck shit up. Or they'll, whether intentional or accidental, they will release a virus that's going to mm. fuck up the entire world's economy while they're going to laugh the whole time. So, God. Are they back to normal now? I mean, I, I guess it's impossible to know. How good? Yeah, they say they are, but they're such liars. I mean, communists aren't liars. Oh, they they're tell the all truth. truth. They're all truth. That's why when communists get into governments all the time, like when they get control, they don't allow elections anymore. Or they do have elections. You just have to vote for the Communist Party. <laughs> yeah. I always love that, like that ultimate, you know, like Saddam Hussein. It's like, yeah, he's the Ba'athist Party. Yeah, it's a democracy. There's voting going in Iraq. You just have to vote for the Ba'athist Party. Well, Saddam Hussein won with 99.6% of the votes. And then all this like, oh, uh, yeah, well, we need the communists to take over. It's like, yeah, but isn't it kind of bad? They're all dictatorships. <laughs> Isn't that bad where they don't allow elections? Isn't that bad? Speaking mm. of which, I hear Kim Jong-un is not doing so well. So Yeah, have you seen his sister? I have. Apparently Ooh. she's crazier than he is from what Ooh. I'm reading. I know. <laughs> At least he was a fat, happy-looking guy occasionally. Like, okay, some of humanity. Like ice cold assassin. She looks like your ex-girlfriend except uh, brunette. <laughs> frankly frankly that's uh i i have an article up on her um and i skipped to this part of the article who is kim yo jong that's her name kim yo jong and why is she seen by some as the likely successor if kim jong-un's death deteriorates or health deteriorates the supreme leader's sister was recently promoted as an alternative member of north korea's ruling workers party's powerful central committee politburo continuing her ascent in the country's leadership hierarchy Diplomatic sources took note of Kim Yo-jung's March statement on U.S.-North Korean ties after U.S. President Donald Trump sent a letter to Kim Jong-un seeking to maintain communication, offering cooperation to help the country fight the COVID-19 outbreak. She praised Trump for sending the letter at a time when big difficulties and challenges lie ahead in the way of developing ties between the two countries, according to the Associated Press which quoted North Korea official Korean news agency. The statement is seen by some as a sign of Kim Yo-jung's growing role in the U.S.-North Korea relationship. No one knows what happens if Kim dies, writes Sumi Terry, senior fellow for Korea chair of Washington. Do you get tired of all these titles and then they list the 43-syllabic Department of Strategic International Studies? I mean, can you just say Sumi Terry, a senior fellow, at a think tank can't they just say that oh they have to let people get their uh i guess it's progressive credentialism and all damn publications uh the most likely outcome is that kim's sister kim yo jong 
would take over Ed's Terry. Well, question where the North Korea's male dominated elites would support a young woman as supreme leader. Kim Jo Kim Yo Jong has been quite visible around Kim Jong un in the past two years. Now, here's one where she doesn't look <clears throat> like evil incarnate. Um, and I'm kind of wondering how much of this is the mainstream media, even the fake news media, posting bitchy looking faces of this girl to make it look like, oh, she's the real terror. It could be that, so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it I mean I wouldn't have an unchaperoned date with her in North Korea at all. Uh, <laughs> I, I wouldn't, you know, so far they're like, nah, I want to live. Uh, but it, I'm one, I'm always eternally hopeful that some dictator takes over and says, look, we're done with this dictatorial communist shit. Uh, we're going to free up things. We're going to have a little bit more westernized government and we're going to have the international community help us get on our feet and start having a, a transition democracy. But I, it's such an echo chamber there. I, I have a feeling she'll just be about as bad or worse. Yeah. Uh, here's a picture of him riding horses adorned in gold. <laughs> so there is money going around there. She's sitting next to Mike Pence here. Oh, God, she doesn't look like she has a soul. Next to Ooh. Mike Pence. <laughs> yeah, they're at, the, at some winter sports thing. Um, she might be single, Chad. So huh. you can... Always wanted to hang out in North Korea. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Starting a late night show. Oh, here we go. D-Lawn. Yeah, D-Lawn 212. I'm starting on night shift tonight. Woke up late. It's understandable. Beckloft. I I texted uh, uh, Chris Beckloft. I said, hey, do you want to come on? And he says, I just woke up to answer your text. No, I'm going back to bed. <laughs> <laughs> he came back too. He did a podcast. I should see if he's back on the back on the on the podcasting game. Uh, I think DJ Aftershock. DJ Aftershock. Yeah, DJ Aftershock, two dollars. The Last of Us Two is woke trash. Do not buy. I read an article about that. Oh, hang on, the last I thought I played the isn't that a zombie game? Uh, yeah, it's, I think it's a zombie game. It's uh, something that a lot of people were not happy about. Or I think is I saw a, a YouTube movie, or is this is this a game or a it's movie? It's a game. It's a game. Naughty Dog. Okay. Um, <clears throat> let me take a look at the images. Maybe I did play this. Uh, no, I've not played this one. I have not played this one. The Last of Us Two. Let's take a look at the news. Release dates, uh, most of them now launch. The Last of Us Four is making fans very upset. Okay. Uh, offered one of the worst fates for an upcoming game can endure as many major story elements have been spoiled online, some of which have upset the fan base who are experiencing them out of context. Oh, it's, <laughs> it's out of context. Uh, keep scrolling to keep reading. Multiple delays leaked online. Da, da, ba. I just want to know what's so political and woke about it. I so the video I heard yesterday, it was something yeah. like um, everybody evil, every bad person was a white male, I think, and okay. all the like, and somehow all the characters were, um, I don't know, m- minorities or women. I don't know if you know who Tim Pool is, but he did a whole yeah. thing on that, and that's what I heard yesterday. Okay, so. yeah, I. It's like movies. I rarely, I'll get an old used video game like Elder Scrolls or something. I bought a Dragon mm-hmm. Warrior game out of Japan. Um, but any AAA release 
I'm not buying it. I'm just so fucking tired of politics. Even if it's a little bit, I'm sick of it. Movies, not going to movies anymore. Yeah. Um, it's just, just not. Well, no one's going to movies anymore. <laughs> Basically. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> wonder how many Hollywood uh, film studios are going to go belly up because they ain't getting no cash infusion coming in. They better not. Man. Yeah. That's a... All right. Josh Landrum for two bucks. SJW enter game industry. Check out Last of Us Leaks. Yeah, that's what it was. Like they were putting out, the developers were putting out articles that's basically like this game is bullshit and it's going to fail. Really? Okay. Yeah. There was one <clears throat> Call of Duty Modern Warfare, the latest one. I don't know what hmm. incarnation are up to. And because I play Call of Duty World War II, I like the gameplay. I'm like, okay, they, it won't be that bad. And then I got it. And right off the bat, there's a 85-pound wave of a girl jumping over without a helmet, with a head mic, and she's and it's, she's cartoonish. This does not look like a serious call. Do she's like, okay, I gotta go get him. Da, da, da. Da, da, da. And of course, her commanding officer is a woman. I'm like, nope. Threw it back of the thing, went back, and it turns out like the gameplay sucked on top of it. Because when I went to GameStop, do you know how bad of a game this was? Uh, there were a lot of them available. Not only that, but usually what does GameStop do when you return a game? Do they give you store credit or do they just... They usually give you store credit. Yeah. You know what they gave me? What? Cash. Really? Not even like, here's your money, sir. And I was like, wow, that game must really suck more than I thought. <laughs> and Atha played it where he's like, yeah, it's horrible. Don't, don't bother with it. It's, uh... What was that term you used to use? Roundhouse chick kick kick something the or... roundhouse kicking chick cop show yeah yeah that's... yes it's based on law and order and uh um uh, in part castle but i kind of like that show uh where there's there's no limit to the number of hundred pound girls who are cops and they're tough and the now the kick that see chat we don't have to worry about the russians ever invading us again you know why because we got our hundred pound women <laughs> to defend us because the weak spot of a Spetsnaz, specially trained, 250-pound, six-foot-six Russian gorilla, all you <laughs> need to do is send in one little waif of a girl, and she just does a roundhouse kick chop. And, and that's it. Then he's down, and he's done. It's so I mean, it, uh, it worked on Street Fighter too, when I would select Chun-Li, but other than that, <laughs> uh, you know, it's hard to imagine. Yeah, but that was a game it meant to be fun. It's, <laughs> it was fun. It was fun, yeah. And, uh, so, yeah, I uh, I just – and it's not even the money now anymore because I got my money back, but it's the time. I got to drive down to the strip mall to go to the GameStop, and then and then you're just let down. You know, I, I don't want yeah. to do this anymore. Uh, poo poo on Western society for $5. The media lies about North Korea. Look up the Finnish Bolshevik. Uh, huh? I'm not going to, cause I don't right. believe the media lies about, well, I'm sure the media lies about everything. Yes. But when you have a universal opinion, don't go to North Korea. Didn't that one guy who went there, he tried to steal a sign and then they beat him so much that he was brain yeah. dead. And we sent him back and then he died anyway. Otto Wambir. That's his name. Like he, um, he went to the same undergrad that I went to, and yeah, no they, kidding. Yeah, I mean, he was younger. I didn't know him, but our I get the alumni magazine that gave this whole like chilling narrative about what he experienced. Yeah, he was yeah. beaten to death. 
Poo poo on Western society. Go to North Korea and send us some pics. Yeah. Yeah. Go say, go, go send some pictures. Go ahead. I'm not going to North Korea. Yo, know Dennis Rodman is. Yeah. He went over there and tried to make yeah. some overtures. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm not against it. Like, again, like Trump reaching out, like trying to hit, come on, knock this off. It would be, I'd like to see the North Korean people freed and not starving to death. Yeah. But, you know, I, what are, what are we going to do? Um, all right. That's it. That's, that's it. Call. Yeah. Yep. Good. All right. Anything else? Anything you want to? Uh, no, I just, I think it's cool. This is the most viewers I think I've ever been on a stream with, you know, consistently. We- we might have had more at one time. Yeah. Um, well, that's it. All right. Well, if you guys want to help out, go buy the books, do all that stuff. Uh, there's a little bit of a delay in me getting these videos converted to MP3 and uploaded. Uh, for those of you that listen to the podcast, um, it's uh, because it takes YouTube. Oh, and somebody who else? Uh, <clears throat> uh, where was it? Uh, someone had emailed me saying that they're not getting notifications when I go live or if a new video is up. Uh, that's been a common problem with YouTube for everybody. I don't know if you unsubscribe and resubscribe, uh, but I pretty much podcast every day now, except weekends. It'll be in the morning. Uh, and if, and you- if you want, subscribe to me on Twitter and get a notification from me on Twitter because if I put together a YouTube video, I will announce it on Twitter an hour, hour and a half before I go live. So that's another way. If you don't want to miss out on the Cappy show, uh, you can do that. Now, if you get out of town, are you going to still do these? No, I'll probably, I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll do a podcast, but not anywhere near the, the regularness. And I mean, maybe I could give you the username and password if you want to do good morning, Corona Chan. Huh. Uh, you know, have, have a special guest celebrity do it. I've done that in the past before. I would need Atham for that. Yeah, no, for whoever we we bring Athlon, but uh, yeah, I mean that's that's YouTube guys. A lot of it could be just technical stuff. It could just be YouTube. Oh, we don't like these people. You know, it's it's a bunch of Karens and a bunch of cancerous people lowering in, in quality and degradation. And uh, and if you want to help out, subscribe to my other channel, the Older Brother channel, uh, and just subscribe to this one. Get the numbers up, and then. You know, you'll see me on the other channel too. And then also I'm on SoundCloud. These inevitably do all make it to SoundCloud. Although even that, you know, <clears throat> speaking of business being more difficult to do, you know what SoundCloud has done? Have they made it harder to upload those things or what? If it's they... not harder. It's if you want to get a link to the MP3, it's almost impossible. Mm. You have to get an RSS feed reader now. Like in the old days, you just right click, save MP3 link because a lot of people just want to download the MP3s. Nope, they want you to all go through Stitcher or, or Witcher or Bitcher or Hitcher or whatever. And uh, it, it it's just like another fucking thing I don't want to do. Podbean, for anyone interested in, in podcasting, go to Podbean. I guess that's the new one now where it's very simple. There's your MP3 and there's none of this bullshit. Uh, but there you go. That's it. All right. Why don't you take us out appropriately? All right, guys, toodles.